Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I don't like blood and guts But I love them when they're lengthily discussed Welcome to With Gorley and Rust, all business. My name's Matt Gorley. All business. My name's Paul Rust. There's no reason to be all business. It just I just wanted to come out of the gate charged. Yeah, that's good because uh, uh, we spent, you know, maybe just like a half hour there just catching up. Yeah, yeah we were. Yeah, yeah. You know, getting each other caught up on, on lives and yes. loves. <laughs> <laughs> um, off mic, and then we said, hey, we got a ding-dang podcast to do. Yeah, in uh, fact, part of it came up that we wanted to save for the podcast we'll get to in a second yes but, yes yeah. but if you're listening uh for the first time because uh you're a real meg head or the meg head yeah yeah the the meg head a meg maga the maga the, the mega, mega. Uh, the mega yeah the meg head the Meg. You're head. uh the Meghead. Yeah. <laughs> so to Boy, that's uh, all those the Megheads out there. This, welcome. <laughs> that works almost as well as, as the movie. Look, there it's out. <laughs> uh, Listen, this is with Gorley and Rust, the show where we take great length to discuss horror movies in an easy listening, cozy, safe, happy place environment. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Cozy and long. Yeah. I would say are the two distinguishing features of this podcast. That's absolutely right. We also have a Patreon uh, at with Gorley, no, patreon.com slash with Gorley and Rust. And there you can get more bonus content than you can shake a stick at. <laughs> Literally. Can, yeah. Go try like, shaking a stick at it. You the, won't be able to shake a stick at all of it. The stick will fall out of your hand. You won't even be able to. Yeah, you stick dropper. Now, when they say you the, more than you can shake a stick at, do they mean like... You will need multiple sticks to shake at this thing more than than the single stick you're holding. Or is it like, um, uh, no, this thing that you're shaking, it, it actually takes the stick out of your hand. <laughs> We're not at all stopping to ask what shaking a stick is doing. No, is all it- business. <laughs> 
<laughs> is it an old man who's got like a cane going like, you kids get off my lawn? Oh, yeah. Or is it like some diviner trying to find water? Ooh, nice uh, idiom talk. Thanks, I like it. man. Yeah. <laughs> so on Patreon, you'll find feature-length film commentaries, mailbag episodes, some special episodes, little posted delights. We'll put yes. up little random delights That's occasionally. Right. Yeah. Um, there's a Discord server where people are mm-hmm. ta- are talking and have a huge community over there. Right. Of, um, it's it's uh, more fun and more populous. Than the Smurfs village, I would say. Yeah, and at least there's more women. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, there's not just a single Smurfette who, if uh, I believe what my sister's Smurfette action figure told me, she's constantly playing tennis. Yeah, no kidding. That's right. <laughs> Every Smurf had a distinct trait they were boiled down to. Now, later along came a redheaded girl Smurf. Oh, I forget her name, and she was like brassy or something. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) And then you get every episode a week early with no ads coming. You just can't be beat. Right, 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 right. And plenty. uh, And the Patreon, lots more Smurf talk. We get into the Gargamel. (laughs) The Azriel. The Azriel. Did you have a favorite Smurf? Uh, Oh, a handy Smurf. That was mine! (laughs) That's that's why we host this podcast together. Oh we my deep god! Deep down, we're handy Smurf lovers. Why? That's funny. Well, for you, you know, you're a craftsman. You build things. I could see how handy Smurf is your little. Uh, I don't avatar. think I was back then, though. It was just something. Will you aspire to be? I don't know. No, it was almost more his his persona or his energy. Like he just had. He was confident but quietly like he didn't need front and center he wasn't a like squeaky wheel he's just getting the job done just yeah. living his life you know what as far as smurfs you want to choose to be it's actually kind of a small list uh, yeah. small as a smurf you might yeah. say yeah because it's like who, who do uh, papa smurf maybe yeah. is somebody else but brainy smurf was really annoying remember yeah, brainy smurf is super annoying and then is there a clumsy smurf and uh yeah it's when he started getting into seven dwarves territory and it's, like, <laughs> it blends together but i feel that way with meatballs too the movie because there's the guy named hardware on meatballs and that's the guy <laughs> i'd want to be too he's just doing his deal well you know i i wonder if it's partly have you heard this thing that um uh uh when you're doing with children's programming, kids want to watch not characters who are their age, but characters who are a little bit older. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Then I'm not watching a kiddie show, man. I'm yeah. watching, and then it's also like aspirational. It's like that's why fourth graders love Saved by the Bell. It's just like right. uh, I can imagine what high school will be like. It'll be like that, I bet. Yeah, I bet that says something about us liking Handy, too, where it's like, this guy's established. He's got a career. The other people, the other I, Smurfs are just like hobbies or something. I think that's what it is. It's like <laughs> Handy is who I would most aspire to be. Like, that's who I want to like be when I get older. Wow. Yeah. Well, here you are today with two Handy Smurfs. <laughs> I don't know if that's what you came for, but that's what you're getting. And so then the last somebody Googled two handy Smurfs <laughs> that our podcast popped up in their email. That's the new name of the podcast, two handy Smurfs. 
<laughs> well, I mean, just to finish up all business, right? We, we should mention again, just yes. because this will be one of the last episodes before this happens. Correct. Both of our bands, Don't Stop or Will Die, and Townland, along with the Sloppy Boys, are playing September 2nd at the Federal Bar. Yeah. And you can get tickets now, which I think they are selling. Yeah. Oh, like a uh, hot. The hottest of cakes. More tickets sold than you can shake a stick at. <laughs> That's right. Don't even try to bring a stick. Yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, yeah, so uh, people should uh, check it out. And that's what brings yes. us to why we hit I the record you button. Up. Yeah. Uh, oh, but yes, it'll be, uh, oh, sorry, maybe I, I felt like I didn't tout it enough. It's going to be a lot of fun. It will. Three bands playing fun music that you, and then also, hey, some friends out and about. And also, it's to celebrate the uh, release of our uh, vinyl uh, record, Dazzle, Dazzle Me. Me. Dazzle Me. Yes. Parenthood. This is very exciting. There's a vaccine mandate or proof of negative COVID tests so Correct. you can feel as safe as a human can out in the world today. Perfect. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's uh, as best as we can do. Yeah. Um, uh, but yes. So the reason we hit the record button was because we were talking about how, oh, that night there's going to be... A bunch of podcasters, podcast hosts, playing music that night. Do you think everybody's coming going like, I kind of just wish they were going to do live podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. We'll do that sometime too. Yeah. We'll do uh, five minutes of podcasting between each song. <laughs> we're John Cusagging one for them, one for us. <laughs> I think... Um, God, I, I don't know. I just thought of them, but I thought of uh, Hanna-Barbera. Just because they are just always low rent trash all the time. Yeah. And if they ever had a like one for us, like <laughs> Captain Caveman. Was that would for be us. the one. Yeah. That's that was, <laughs> we did one for everybody else. But when we made one for us, it was Captain Caveman. I know it seems virtually the same in tone and style. <laughs> Rest assured, that was our, uh, it was just our creative love. Now, and son. Yeah. Captain Caveman and son. Oh. <laughs> then we had to go back to one for them. Yeah, yeah, we didn't. We thought it was fine how it was. Uh, so uh, okay. So I was like, oh, a bunch of podcasters playing music. That's like, do you remember? I said, do you remember that super group that consisted of Dave Barry and S Stephen King? And you were like, nope. And I was like, well, yeah. let's get into it on please, the show, please. Okay, so tell me all about this. So I just remember growing up and being like, oh. My gosh, Stephen King has a rock band that he plays in with America's funny essay man, Dave Barry. Now, I'm vamping here as I'm slowly trying to find a picture of this band. <laughs> what did Stephen King play? Stephen King played Skulls. <laughs> uh, he played, I think, oh, here's the picture. He played guitar. No um, way. Oh my God. Why okay, did... rock bottom remainders. That's what they weren't called meteor shit. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, here, yes. Oh my Rock Bottom Remainders. And wow. this the band members included Dave Barry, Stephen King, Amy Tan, Sam Barry. What? Ridley Pearson, Scott Tarot. Hello, presumed innocence. Oh my God. Presum wait, wait, Scott were these Tur rotating people or was this like you come and you'd see all these people? Like hmm. one person played percussion on a typewriter. I think it was that they were not all together at once. 
But I like to imagine that they are. Maybe they are. It kills me that this thing had life enough that there were different versions of it. Uh... Like people yeah, that they rotating could, like, through. Yeah, like Grateful Dead. Like they yeah. had different incarnate. Uh, Amy Tan. Matt Groening. What? Uh, an honorary member, Maya Angelou. So uh, James McBride. Does that do anything for you? Yeah. Uh, what about, uh, oh, I don't know. Maybe. Well. Did they, Go check it out. What did they check did they, out? Rock did bottom remainders. Do originals or covers? Did they put out an album? Tell me, tell me, tell I, me. I don't know, and I don't want to like don't like. Uh, I'll tell you what I know. I think they did covers, and I think it was for like charity. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. uh, wow. Which neither is true for our show. <laughs> That's right. Are you doing any covers? We, we are doing one James Bond theme cover. Oh. Yeah. I know which one and I yeah. can't wait. Yeah. I mean, it's probably no surprise. Oh, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I cannot <laughs> wait. Uh, the Sloppy Boys might be doing a cover. They've, they've done some great covers. Oh, before. that's good. They did a cover of Ghostbusters once. Oh my like, God. Holy cow. People go nuts. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm very excited. <laughs> <laughs> um, now... Are you excited about this, though, talking about the bag? I'm excited to talk about it. Okay. Me too. Yeah. I mean, how do you – do you want to do general thoughts? Yeah, general thoughts. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So you you have some feelings about it. I mean, I I do too. Yeah. Like, it is not a good movie. No. If we could say that. Yeah. The question is, is it a good enough bad movie – to enjoy and for me I was in and out of that. At times I was enjoying it for its its uh, flaws. Uh-huh. And then at times I you know what I wish I couldn't help thinking the whole time that I wished I was watching this movie lying in a hotel bed with Amanda where it's that kind of like let's just see what's on and let yes. it take us away. Oh my gosh, those are my favorite movies. They're yeah. like enhanced like the uh, three times plus. Yeah, because you uh, can't judge them. For some reason, your your powers of judgment are gone because you're happy and on vacation or that's something. That's true. And I also think like maybe the commitment of buying it to sort of like freeze you to like, well, if this is crap, yeah. that's fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like we watched um, uh, Once in a Hotel, The um, I don't know how she does it. It was like a, I think I've maybe talked about oh, this. Though. It's like a Sarah yeah. Jessica Parker movie where oh. she's um, a mom, but it's essentially like Carrie Bradshaw is a mom. Right. And she's like rushing at the very beginning. Yeah, it sounds vaguely familiar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but that's what Leslie and I would, uh, and I rent in hotel rooms is like uh, romantic comedies. Yeah, yeah. But I got to say, if I was going into a hotel room now, how many romantic comedies would I get offered to me? Not many. No, I mean, there's just, a, it's a bygone genre. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, I did think with this, with the Meg, the, the, uh, it coming out recently, like right, 2018. I was surprised by that. I would have thought this was at least 10 years old. I don't, because I never saw it. I remember, I think I remember getting asked to go see it and I, I, I couldn't. Um, I just couldn't bring myself to do it. You mean, <laughs> look, can I say, no, not for really me. I, I, no, no, no. I think that. Listeners probably know that this was voted by our uh, right. our adored trustees. So we don't mean, or I don't. I don't want to speak for you. It's like 
I think I understand them to have voted this in because it's it is a batshit crazy you know, quote unquote, kind of bad movie. It's been covered on how did this get made? Yeah. That's understood. No one's putting this forward as Jaws. No. They were putting it forward as fun. And I, a, a lot of the times could see that. Yeah. So. Oh, I, I think, had fun watching yeah, it. Yeah. We'll yeah, have yeah, fun yeah. talking about this yes. movie. Everyone understands what it oh, is. Oh, right. And I, I want to, yes, I agree with you. I sign off on what you're saying too. And I, I would think also it's kind of like, um, hey, you know, when you go to the video store with a group of buddies. Yeah. Somebody, it's usually their responsibility to kind of say, let's watch this one, and the group signs off. And if the movie's not to everybody's liking, the night's still fun. Yeah. You're hanging out with buddies. You're hanging, like, the movie is really, it doesn't matter. I mean, look, I made everybody, including the listeners, watch Motel Hell. No, I like (laughs) Motel Hell. What was the, well, what's, do you think the lowest thing we've had to, for somebody to watch, I guess it would probably. I'm going to take a. a I'll co- I'll say what cold, you're thinking. Brown. One, one or both of the zombie Halloween movies. Yeah, our tastes probably match enough the audiences that that would be a bummer for them as well. Not I just think it generally us. was. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I do. I mean, I just feel like the feedback was very similar to what we thought of those. Yeah, I feel like when I messed up the recording for Alien versus Predator two, and we had to re-record that, that was like also difficult. Oh, that's right. Do you I remember always, that? Yeah, I forget. And we had that. to like, oh god, we gotta. Did we get all the way through that? <laughs> <laughs> So we had to talk a second time about <laughs> Alien versus Predator 2 Requiem. Let me double check the recording equipment to make sure we don't have to do this for the Meg. <laughs> oh my god, my heart just stopped. Like the Meg was sneaking up on me. Uh, oh, oh, but yeah, what I was saying, like you say watching this in a hotel, and a lot of times that means to me like a, a movie that hasn't come out on home release. Oh, yeah, yeah. still might be in theaters. Right, like an airplane movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, like, oh, I was like, watching this and knowing <laughs> it was in, from 2018, I just haven't been... I used to go out to the movies all the time. Yeah. And I would go out to the movies to see knowingly knowing or knowing I was going to see garbage. Right. And uh, that that's going to be fun that I'm going out and seeing schlock. I just... When I check the dates in my mind i don't think i've gone out actively repeatedly to see schlock or whatever in like six years and so like watching the meg right now i was like oh i'm getting a hit of what modern day schlock is yeah from a studio it's like a with big budget seemingly ish uh with recognizable actor like known actors released by warner brothers i mean it was all kind of like a interesting watch and that like oh i just i don't know what's happening right now in schlock (laughs) (laughs) so it was kind of nice to be updated on like oh it's like a lot of cgi just like unabashed cgi i didn't know that that was happening right now yeah modern schlock or contemporary schlock is difficult because you know, I, I tend to feel, I think a lot of people feel this way too, that schlock plus time makes good watching. Yeah. Like current day schlock really needs to age like a fine wine. So this one's only got four, three years, right? That's right. So yeah, like that's interesting. Like to have raw schlock is like, (laughs) uh, 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 like, can you put it back in the, 
yeah. in the cellar for a bit. And, and then you also factor in how aware of schlock a movie is when it's schlock. And and I know that this movie knows it's schlock, but there's fun schlock and there's cynical schlock. And I thought this movie had a bit of both. And like mm. the cynical schlock I found was yeah. the obvious um, marketing ploy to release this in China because this was that big era of China funding movies so that it could have a huge international blockbuster success. And I, I felt like that the two mm. Chinese characters in this were so saintly, so as to appeal to a Chinese audience that like, even though her like two expeditions where she needed to be saved were flawed, but they were still lauding her as this great doctor, but then she was still a damsel in distress. So it was like the worst yeah. of both worlds for those Chinese characters, you yeah. know? Yeah. And then you got your Statham, which is super fun schlock. Yeah. But the chemistry between those two characters was like, he had more chemistry with the Meg. Than he did with, with. <laughs> oh, and I, or, and I don't mean this crassly uh, and obviously not romantically, most of the chemistry was him and the little kid. Yes. Who yeah. lived in the hall. Way of yeah, the, yeah, of just the station. Like walk right into business meetings and whisper <laughs> thoughts. Yeah, I mean, was she not the Rain Wilson of this movie who was actually pulling all the strings and running Ice Station Zebra or whatever that place was <laughs> <Yeah>. called? <laughs> She's just got all her toys out in the hall. <laughs> God, that's so great because it would be like if, uh, yeah, your boss brings their kid to work. And then they just got like all their toys and shit like all over the hallway. And you, and can't like, say <laughs> you can't say it. Yeah, I love yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> this is better when this is here. This I'm is now, like, I've never had this experience <laughs> or I've never worked a job where somebody brought their kid a toys. Uh, I actually would probably really enjoy it. But uh, uh, but that thing of, of schlock aging, I'm curious to see because when this started, I was kind of like, okay, that opening scene, I, I liked it. Mm -hmm. And then I remember when I saw Armageddon in theaters, I hated it. Ooh, uh -huh. And then watched it not too long ago and I loved it. Yeah, yeah, and it, yeah, yeah. It was not just that the movie had aged, it was that I had aged and I, you know, I saw it in a time when it was just, you know, you could Michael Bay was tough to stomach for yeah. you know, I often say like I was a tough critic in my 20s for movies, but it was the fault of me. That one was like, I don't know. No, you're right. But now, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the last time a man and I watched Armageddon, I cried. Oh my <laughs> so, God, I love that. <laughs> I don't know. That's awesome I'm that you can go from, yeah. Yeah. So I was trying to predict, is this an Armageddon where I'll watch this in 10 years and just have a ball? Yeah. I, it's impossible to see, but I, I suspect no. Well, you know, it's funny. Just like right now when you said that opening scene that you liked, I liked it a lot too. And I think I liked it because it didn't feel uh i felt like it was it had some integrity i was like oh it's a suspenseful opening and jason statham's character is somebody who reasonably left people behind to die i was like yeah. that's a pretty okay yeah. we're getting into some like that. this is gonna be a neat story yeah also i just realized when he i'm side point sort of just like this just occurred to me at the beginning. He's presented as such a drinker. And I was like, Oh God, we're going to have to see the scene before he goes and fights the bag where he dumps out the whiskey to go oh, fight the yeah. bag. That never happened. Like, he's, so he's presumably still, he was just like, when I go on that vacation with you and your mom, I'm going to be drunk the whole time. <laughs> yeah. There was some real uh, shortcuts to character in this. <laughs> Uh, but oh, so so what was the scene about the state of the opening scene? And yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like, I think partly 
yeah, I wasn't jazzed by that too. And I think maybe what disappointed me was then when it didn't have like integrity, it started like kind of being actively silly. Yeah, that's the part maybe of that's the Armageddon. I haven't seen Armageddon. You haven't? Oh my god! But does so it play curious. it like straight enough so that like? 10 years later, you're going, well, at least they're being sincere. No, but that is what it is. It's that as emotionally melodramatic and manipulative as Armageddon is, and it is, I still really feel Michael Bay's heart is in it. Yeah. Now, I don't think John Turtletaub's heart is in the Meg. <laughs> Gorley, can I tell you, I usually go into a movie knowing who the director is, yeah. having an idea. And because this movie opens without just the Meg. Yeah. There's not even, there's no yeah. other credits. Yeah. So that was that cool. Off. I don't WGA know. Rules. That's some Lucas shit there. Yeah. No kidding. He must've had to have absconded from the union and had, you know, Richard Markrand directed. <laughs> they must've said in the Meg into like the WGA meeting. <laughs> like to, the to, Meg directed it. Yeah. <laughs> the Megan uh, Mullally directed it. It was just in tiny fine print. Sorry. Go on. <laughs> the, uh, 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 what was I saying? Oh, you were going into not knowing it was a, a John Turtledown production. Oh, God, yes. So I didn't know. And I'm watching it. And uh, so I didn't know who, who directed this movie. And then, Gourley, I tell you, when the credits came up at the end, it said, directed by John Turtletob. Yeah. My jaw literally dropped. I went, oh. Because you know who he is? Well, I just know he directs not movies like The Meg. No, like he did National Treasure, right? Yeah, and uh, 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 I know him from Phenomenon. The, okay. the John Travolta, Explain I have hours to me of something. Because in the late 90s, early 2000s, this happened with John Turtle Taub and, <laughs> and Gore Verbinski, where these directors had no real like um, household names, but they their movies like National Treasure and mm -hmm. Pirates of the Caribbean, all the trailers would say, a John Turtletaub film, a Gore Verbinski film. And I remember at the time going, that's not on me. Like, I don't know who that is. You can't, you can't gaslight me into thinking this is someone I'm, oh my God, a John Turtletaub. John Turtletaub. <laughs> and I think that was just some kind of negotiation deal back then that they yeah. would do. But yeah, what I couldn't. I, I don't do National Treasure 2 until I get a, yeah. the new movie from John Turtletaub. But the if trailer. he does Phenomenon, National Treasure, and The Meg, you can't say this is a John Turtletaub film because there's no John Turtletaub brand. No, here. that's like why, yeah, I was so surprised when I saw that. I just like, <laughs> that's not how I imagined when I was watching it. I thought it was uh, a young, brash. Like snotty <laughs> filmmaker, John Turtletaub Jr. Yeah, I thought it was going to be a Johnny Turtletaub Jr. <laughs> Johnny Turtletaub, Johnny T. Turtle, but not like yeah, this guy who in the mid '90s directed Phenomenon with John Travolta. That was such a like a weird uh, mismatch. He must mind. have fallen behind and like. This was his way back. <laughs> I yeah, know. I mean, when I was watching, even when I saw the actors in it and stuff too, I was like, well, is this slumming? I mean, it is a Warner Brothers movie that got released in the summer and a bunch of people went. So, I mean, it's slumming in that the movie's not good and they yeah. knew it wasn't going to be good when they did it or whatever. Yeah. But like, uh, uh, I guess in terms of like 
it's better than the the sci-fi channel version of this. Yeah. And I I mean, I want to say I went into this and I still had a good time because you know how the context matters about everything. You know, if you watch a movie in a hotel, you love it, that kind of thing. A man and I, uh, spontaneously played a little hooky and we went to Disneyland yesterday <gasps> and bury the lead. I oh know. my gosh, Gorley, that sounds so fun. And you know, we went for like half a day and it was overcast. It was, and it drizzled there. It was incredible. Oh my God. <laughs> People don't know. People don't know if you've never been to Disneyland that you went on an overcast weekday school day and it drizzled. Yeah. And a school day because kids are back in school. I know. And it wasn't even that crowded. Uh, shout out to a listener of this show, Daniel Michikoff, who got us in. That's right on. And we ran into uh, this wonderful listener of this show as a man and I were taking a picture. What? He goes, let me let me take that picture for you. And uh, I was just listening to with Gorley and the Rust on the drive here. Aww. The nicest guy. That's very cool. But, you know, Amanda's pregnant, so we can't go on any rides. And right. so we just did like Dole Whips at the Tiki Room, uh, Green Milk at the Galaxy's Edge. And corn dog on Main Street, and then, and then I think we did go on Pirates of the Caribbean, but that was it. And, That's great. And we just did one loop and took our time, and it was wonderful. And then we drove home and watched the Meg, and so. The Meg could do no wrong after a day like that. That's my that's, point is to yes, say like that's we, right. as much as this movie's, you know, kind of a cynical formulation of a movie, yeah. we had a good time watching it. Well, yeah, but right. Like uh, if a day after that, like any filmmaker, John Turtletob is like praise to God every night that people watch the Meg after they visited Disneyland on a, yeah. on a dreary I know. day. Yeah, it's just making me think. Why didn't were there no sea turtles in this movie? He didn't want to throw in a a turtle taub in there, like a namesake. <laughs> I think maybe uh, maybe if we went back, we might it's see a couple of turtles. In there. And then when it goes by, uh, like the turtle goes by, goes by the street, he just goes taub, <laughs> <laughs> taub, taub. A John Turtle Taub film, the Meg. I love those. Um, yeah, the the person who gets their name announced, the filmmaker who gets their name in a square or in a box, box. Yeah, on a like poster. Carpenter, yeah. yeah, like that sort of stuff is uh, <laughs> so funny. It's just you're like, oh, their attorney's working. Hard. I know. When we did this podcast, we should have put boxes around each of our names with <laughs> with Gorley and Russ. That's good. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And then the title is sort of like, oh, okay. I guess yeah. these guys think they're more important than the title. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. I um. I mean, any other general thoughts about hmm. uh, well, the Meg? I will say that I actually was in on the concept. It's it's crazy, but it's it's no more crazy than we're going to fly a ship through the Earth's core yeah. and go to the hollow core. Like, we have a ship that goes through land, dirt in the core. No, yeah. I like this idea of this kind of whatever this, uh, like, what did they say it was? Like, the gas layer that keeps the bottom of the Mariner Trench warmer. I'm in on that kind of yeah. like shitty cheap sci-fi because oh, yeah. it was like cut to the chase. Yeah. That the was way they, cool. Yeah, the way they uh, uh, made it possible and reasonable that this prehistoric beast could appear. I like bought all of it. Yeah and, yeah. and it was simple and easy to understand. And it does make you, I didn't realize this till the end that it was based on a novel and that like the novel uh, set all that up, you know, so they uh, took that from the novel. Also, I guess the Meg because it was down in the depths where it's all dark is an albino white shark. 
not gray like a uh, great white. But they didn't want to do. They thought a white shark. I guess originally would be gross. They were going to, but something about the CG rendering made it look kind of not good. So they went back to the gray and white coloring. I guess. I'm glad they went with the gray one. That was a John Turtletaub call, <laughs> according to my research. That was is t- it true? T-Taub called. No. It. Yeah. yeah, he said, "Let's put it to gray and white. This doesn't look good." Are you being serious? I'm serious. Yeah. I can't tell. No, I'm being serious. Okay. Yeah, I read up about this. He he made a few calls like that where they were like, <sighs> "All right, I guess they talk. did like an anatomically accurate version of the Meg according to like a relatively sized shark, and it just looked too thin and sleek. So they were like, uh, it would never exist this way. But Johnny T, what do you think? Let's bulk it up, says the T man. That's great. Well, it did. The fact that it's based on a book, hearing that, like, uh, even gives it more of a some similar to Deep Blue Sea. We were like, oh, this is sort of like Jaws in Jurassic Park. Yeah, I feel like this is a little Jaws in Jurassic Park, having like yeah. a prehistoric beast come back, and mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of coming out of a uh, selfish uh, or self interested purposes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, or porpoises. I guess Por- in this case, <laughs> in this case, uh, yeah. The, yeah, so I bought that. I bought the that the Meg could come back. Uh, I oh, when we get we can talk about it more when we get to it. But like, I was gonna say like the opening I did like that seemed like pretty serious. But like maybe my favorite funnest part was like when they went to the beach full of people. Yeah. And I was like, oh, the yeah. Meg is coming. Yeah, like. So, and I know that's like a, a a wild movie. That's not the first scene in the movie. So I don't know what I'm really asking for here. When I the, my two favorite parts were like both totally. I'm with you 100 yeah. percent because about halfway through this movie, I'm like, is there ever going to be just people swimming, getting eaten by sharks in this movie? Because it was I thought it was going to be like sub capsules the whole time. You know? Yeah. Oh yeah. And like that's the most. Well, outside of the mega of it all, but like the most sci-fi thing is like those capsules are just like little outer spacecraft. I know. Yeah. And then when I they, mean they're so cool. Yeah. yeah. I I did like some of the tech about how like your your bubble window was also a touchscreen and you could swipe one thing to another section of the bubble window. And yeah. That was kind of cool. Ooh, and I like the what's the what's that a gyroscope? What's that kind of thing where you're sitting and it moves? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Gyro. Um but there was a point where Statham he sits down in the in the cool cockpit yeah. thing. And like before he's going down, he's just kind of like grumpy. He's like frowning. And I was, and while he's like hitting the buttons, I was like, there's no way you could be like the grumpiest person, but if you get to sit in one of those cool cockpits <laughs> and like push buttons, you'd be like so thrilled. You forget he's an alcoholic. Right. Oh, he was surly. <laughs> that scene with all the people swimming on the beach, uh, was so like nothing else I've ever seen because I was just couldn't help but thinking like what, how much of this is CG? Maybe not any were those extras. And I would believe that they were all extras because they were kind of like putting it off like, Oh, this is cool design where every person has a primary colored inner tube, but that would 
have to be what it is. You're an extra out there and they have to give you a re- something to float on. You can't just swim out there during <laughs> right. all these takes. So every human had an inner tube and it looked like a giant bowl of Fruit Loops. It's something you would never see on a beach unless someone's like Guinness Book of World Records. Let's get the most people in inner tubes. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I think it was like when they had that big wide shot of everybody all in the water, it seemed like they had... That one square of five people, and, and they, they just, just replicated and it, yeah. it throughout. Yeah, the, I'm yeah. sure that was, yeah. but still. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was the most. Oh, and then the guy running on the um, the gerbil hamster oh, yeah. ball thing yeah. in the water. Yeah, that uh, was cool. Is that? Um, have you seen such a thing, or is that like a, a device in a movie? Oh, I I think they do exist. I've seen. I've never seen one in person. I've only seen them like in well in this movie, and I think like on. I don't know, like MTV Spring Break or at a Flaming Lips concert. Oh, you know? right. Like, a, um, or like Wild and Out or what's, what are those like water-based Oh yeah, game shows? I know. Wipeout. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Something yeah, yeah. like that. Yeah. 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 Uh, cause the way that guy like, got eaten and died, it seemed to be sort of like, it was supposed to be like, uh, the audience is like. Yeah, those dipshits deserve it. <laughs> so it was like, do these dipshits exist? So like the equivalent to a loud motorcycle riding asshole or like the metal detector guy on a yeah. beach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. This guy, he just runs over our head all the time. He doesn't care. And then, yeah, right. The, the motorcycle guy, the mag eats the motorcycle yeah. guy. And everybody's like, yeah. Little do you know, he's got immuno, he's immunocompromised and he's a boy in a bubble who accidentally got knocked into the ocean. Like, <laughs> oh my God, it's so sad. <laughs> Little Johnny Travolta's in there. <laughs> he get me out of this whale's mouth. <laughs> I think that might be the best Travolta. You, you play that for anybody that we're going to go, John Travolta was on their podcast? I loved it so much because every element of that, oh, that he's just, he's being eaten. John Travolta's being eaten, but he's just, he's not bummed. He's just nonplussed, like, no, this again. Give me out of this whale's mouth. <laughs> yeah, That's I guess so he should good. be horrified of that moment. No, no, don't change it. Uh, <laughs> he's got enough, uh, like, just confidence yeah. that he's like, yeah, <laughs> he knows it's going to be okay. Jonah in the belly of the whale could be worse. I can't do John Travolta. I can only do Michael Caine. <laughs> Do, uh, Michael Caine just being an actor who's in a lot of stuff has he ever been in a movie with um, our our buddy Will Smith here I don't think he has no I don't think so what about my John Travolta Michael Caine and John Travolta yeah do you think my impression of John Travolta and Michael Caine have been in a movie I think I think they just are doing a movie right this second. Can you imagine those three powerhouses, Will, including you? Yeah, why didn't we they, just they've ask never, Will? Those stars never aligned in a single movie together? Why didn't you work with them, Will? What? Will, for people obviously can't see, he's using his pointer finger and his thumb to pinch the end of his yeah, nose. And he won't say which or both. Is it Michael Caine or is it John Travolta? And now he's just waving his hand in front of his pinched nose, like, ooh, stinky. So it makes me think like, like ooh, they actually stink. Stinky. Oh, 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 stinko. Oh, stinko. Yeah. yeah. Oh, stinko. 
That was Jaws 3D. That, that was your review. Oh, I take it back. The Meg. Oh, Stinko. Do you, uh, um, well, I guess we'll find out later. Yeah. What, how are your feelings? Did you like the Meg more or less than Jaws 3D? But we, we, we'll find out when you I do have up. an answer on that, and I will. Ooh. I will reveal. Ooh. All, okay. All okay. will be revealed. Uh, <laughs> and then... Uh, yeah, no, no other general thoughts for me. Other than I, I continue to enjoy Jason Statham. I do think he wasn't phoning it in. Maybe he took this as a job. I mean, it was a big movie. It's not like he's, you know, this was a, arguably maybe one of the bigger movies he's done because even his popular movies, other than the Fast Five right. or whatever movies, the are kind piece. of those like mid-budget action vehicles for him. This was a right. true blockbuster so yeah, this I isn't like, like Crank 2. No, right. Yeah, it's like a... Yeah, it is a... And I'm sure he got paid his full amount. He's like his full movie star amount yeah. to be the lead in this. Yeah. Uh, I'm not that familiar with... Excuse me. I mean, I've seen him in the, the Fasties. I've never seen a Fastie. And I think I knew him from the... Was he in some guy Richie? Yeah, that's where... I first knew of him and became a fan, but I never watched a lot of his movies yeah. until I've that since gone back and seen a few. Yeah. I like him a lot too. Like he's like a, it's just watching him last night in the movie. I didn't really have like a firm Statham performance in my mind that I could compare it to, but I was like, Oh, when he's got to be gruff, he's great. And when he's got to have a little twinkle in his eye, he's great yeah. too. So yeah, he strikes a good tone balance. Yeah. He has almost like maybe it's because he's kind of does the shaved bald thing as Bruce Willis, but I feel like he has a a Bruce Willis quality in like uh, this movie, yeah, like a, or a um, yeah, because it's not everybody doesn't kind of play like I'm like Bruce Willis or him. This kind of like. I'm so fucking pissed off right yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> he's just kind of got that working man's energy that works well for the, you know, yeah. especially when he's thrown into this high tech world, you know? Yeah. I mean, he doesn't want to deal with some med medical uh, docs. <laughs> what, what are those called? <laughs> a Lab doc docs? A doctor? Oh, just. Medic. A med <laughs> God damn you it. made me, my nose started running on. <laughs> <laughs> the, me <laughs> the medic uh, he doesn't want to deal with some medic no especially this guy who's really got it out for him because you know so have you seen that actor in anything no, ever before i, I was like who up. is this how can he be i know this doctor friend of his being his 60 50s and 60s and i've never seen him in a movie I, before? I thought the same thing in fact i looked him up and he was in something but it wasn't he's like the mike richards of uh, <laughs> jeopardy's mike richards of the meg world did he produce the meg and then they had a bunch that's of different I was thinking, candidates to be the doctor. And he's like, you know what? I'll play the doctor after all. It, that's just, I had that exact thought. Because really? I, I was like very aware at how, how formulized this was to work overseas. And then it mm -hmm. made me question a lot of the casting, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and even Amanda was like, was this movie written by an AI? Because 
just all the oh. parts were so yes. diversified, but in the sense of like one of this, one of this, one of this, in that way that ends up being almost more uh, racially insensitive by trying to be diverse. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I also, I thought you meant like, uh, I, I, hear, I, I thought you meant also diverse, like um, the... Uh, uh, the plot elements. Yeah. Well, like, that too. like it was like, uh, we'll talk about it, but like there's a, we got to go get Rambo to come back and fight scene. Like, yes, there's that thing. I have something on that. But and, uh, so it was like, Oh, they have that scene. They have the scene from alien when they have to go out in front of the ship to do a reconnaissance. And yeah. then they get it. Like every part of this did seem, Amanda's right. Like an AI just like, yeah, you fed it different plot points from different movies. Even the part where they go get Rambo and like, it was clever to a point where he's like, this is what you're going to do. I love that. I did too. Yeah. But it almost felt like they told the AI, like we need this scene, but then (laughs) twist it in some way. And it only way it knew to twist was to deny it, like to call attention to it. But (laughs) um, I want to say something on that Rambo thing because, but first of all, where, you know, the doctor of Heller from is definitely Dolly Parton's heartstrings, which was the Netflix series where each episode was based on one of her songs. Oh yes. I watched that 12 times. Yeah. Um, when they go get him and the reason you, when you brought up Rambo, because in Rambo three, he's living in Thailand and they go get him in the same way of like, you've got to come, you've got to come back. Oh my God. And then they do it again in the 2008 Rambo. But I made me want to see a movie where these self exiled down on their luck, tortured action heroes are all in their self exile phase. So Jason Statham's living in Thailand you know, riding on a scooter, wearing that hat, Rambo's <laughs> fighting snakes in Thailand, uh, James Bond's in Turkey on the beach in Turkey do- doing scorpion drinking games. Ah! And there's no action in these movies. It's just they get together and just like victimize themselves the yeah, whole time yeah. and just talk about, oh, you think you've got a bad man. I would add the the first uh, uh, 10 minutes or so of Apocalypse Now, like when Martin Kane's like- <laughs> In his drug. Yeah, like, breaking the mirror. In the, breaking the mirror, yeah. bleeding. Because like, that could be, where was that? Was that in the States or was that overseas? I think it was in Vietnam. Yeah, that's right. right okay, so, so everybody's pretty close to Saigon, each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are there yeah, any yeah. others? Uh, um, does I feel like- does Clint East, he doesn't ever roll with that, right? Like, I Dirty guess. Harry, well, maybe when he plays a cowboy is going to get it. In cowboy Unforgiven, to... he's retired, basically, right? Yeah, but he's quite the opposite. He's not a drinker, right? Right. He's a, yeah, he's a prude. That's what's amazing about that movie is like, before you go, well, spoiler alert, but it's like, before I do this, I gotta get drunk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he goes off the wagon. He's like, it's pretty I know, crazy. that's right. <laughs> My uh, uh, film teacher in college, I remember uh, he he had a pretty funny way of describing Unforgiven. He's like, when Clint Eastwood made Unforgiven, or AKA Rehab is for Quitters. (laughs) (laughs) What a great teacher. Yeah. Rehab is for Quitters. That was the teacher who showed us uh, when uh, we did contemporary cinema and we went from country to country to see what contemporary cinema was in the early late nineties, early two thousands. When we got to Hollywood, the one he chose was showgirls. Cause it was just like such a, you know, snotty, like contrasting this 
this is what contemporary Hollywood cinema is, pornography. But I think I talked about it once because he did break it down. He was like, so movies, you've seen this before, the big star reveal. Why does like the main character get the big reveal that none of the other characters get? Yeah. It's just like a grammar thing we all learn from movies. And then he pointed it out with Elizabeth Berkeley and Showgirl. She gets the star reveal. It's like, oh, it's, it is oh, like a cool way to. Yeah. 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 But Does Statham have a star reveal in this one? He did, and I wrote it down. Oh, you did. Oh, God. Well, should we get it? Should we take a pee break and then get into yeah, the, the yeah. beat by beat? So let's take yes. a. Um, uh, well, um, when I pee, gravity wise, uh-huh. it just does kind of pass down, not onto, but by the leg. <laughs> <laughs> let's pee very nearby the leg. We'll be right back. With Molly. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. With Corley and Rust. If you thought two people couldn't go beat by beat through the meg, you're about to be proven wrong. Yeah. Sorely wrong. <laughs> well, should we start with a little logo loco? Yes, thank if you. Any new listeners? That's where we just discuss the logos of a film. Yeah. So I noticed some underwater treatment to these logos. I did too, and sound, and sound as well. Yeah, bubbles and ripples. Bubbles and ripples. <laughs> yeah, they. Uh, um, uh, I feel like Warner Brothers more than any other studio has the most like they do the variations one. Yeah, they do. They'll let you play. Yeah, because what did, I watched Argo the other night and they uh-huh. let them do the '70s Ooh. Saul Bass logo. It's so cool. Yeah, I love that. When I uh, saw that in the theater, it's probably my favorite part of Argo. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that logo came up. That was the peak, man. All down from there. God for you. damn it! When that movie ends with, they want to get a. Pat on the back because the actors look like the real people. Who gives a uh, shit? <laughs> it made me so angry. I know. Like, that's not, you don't get a letter grade for it. And maybe it's to show, oh, these were real people. These were the people. But then just show their picture. Don't try to get credit that, like, the guy from Days to Confused looks like the real guy. Also, but that didn't seem to matter for Ben Affleck's character, who's also playing someone named Mendez. Yeah, I was, I'm going to guess that regular guy did not look like Ben Affleck. <laughs> uh, nobody does. Nobody looks like our Betty. No, nobody does. Uh, what if this movie had been The Ben? The 
Oh, oh wow. He got the bends a little, or the reverse bends, I guess, when his nose started bleeding. Or yeah, that was. Right? Oh, yeah, like the pressure was getting at yeah. him. That was crazy. Yeah, it is funny that. He's not wearing any sort of sea suit. Doesn't need to. Doesn't like, need he's to. He's just like a sweater and his like <laughs> sea suit and a sweater. He had no sea suit on. No, so yeah. like when his nose started, I was like, "Yeah, dude, put on a helmet and some sea suits." Yeah, but the well, yeah, they really blazed through that of like, I in order to get down there fast enough, he had to turn off some depressurizing. <laughs> Or to make it far enough, he had to turn up, like right. allocate some energy from the depressurizing or pressurizing. I don't know. It wasn't clear. And honestly, I don't mind that shit no, in these type no, of movies. No, but yeah. like, don't try to tell me this is hard sci-fi. So just give me the like nutshell explanation. I'm yes. fine with it. Yes. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Uh, um, I bought it. Yeah, I did too. <laughs> I mean, it's real. Uh, the um, Okay, so my underwater studio logos, but then... Literally, the next note here, Gorley. Statham star reveal. Taking off radioactive hazmat suit. Yeah. That's a good reveal. He just yeah. pulls off that hazmat suit, and there he is. So what are the, the classic reveals? Like, you've pointed out they did this in Alien Predator Requiem with the, the feet up tilt. The tilt from yeah. the feet up. There's the remove a hat or helmet or mask of some kind. That one's good. I think the Showgirls one, the aforementioned one, and Wh- is which the, is like... That? Uh, uh, what's the word? Oh, sorry. Which you were going to say. What, uh, oh, what yeah. I think that's like pan up from her yeah. legs or... Gosh, I'm thinking might there might be a one that's like not necessarily showgirls, but like the on the back turning around, yeah, like star reveal. There's come out of shadow, like Ooh. silhouette come out of shadow into yeah. the light. The face is illuminated, so like yeah, that's Indiana like, Jones. Ooh, right. I also think Skyfall. Of, oh my gosh, I never thought about how the Raiders of the Lost Ark intro is like the. Um, Orson Welles' uh, intro in The Third Man. He's like oh. stepping out of the shadows. Oh, like, oh yeah. Who's I this never thought of that either. Cool dude. Yeah. Yeah. If you want your guy to be a cool dude, that would step out of some shadows. I know. Yeah. Cool, cool dudes step out of shadows. Yeah. Cool dudes step out of shadows. Nerd stepped into shadows. <laughs> Walking out of something, I guess. Yeah. Like a, that is a true entrance. You're kind of, yeah, like framed by the doorway or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, the smash cut. Like just cut right to a close. Yeah, up. that's you Last know it's crusade. funny that you just said that because I was thinking of like, oh, how does um, Dustin Hoffman get revealed in The Graduate? And it is, it's just a the first cut is on his face. It's a close yeah. up of his face, and then it uh, zooms out. And then there's also the maybe you were alluding to this from behind, but like seeing a main character from behind for a while, you don't see the face and you just hear them. Like that's how James Bond is introduced in Doctor No. You see him from Ooh. behind. You hear him talking. And then Sylvia Trench is speaking to him. She sets up the trench, Sylvia Trench. And then he says, Bond, James Bond, as he's smoking. Oh, my God. So I haven't fully sat down to uh, absorb that movie because I didn't know that's his first line ever. It's his first line ever. And what people don't often know, and I I certainly didn't find this, I think, or if we did, Uh we found it on James Bond, James Bonding. It's Sylvia Trench should be credited with that whole line quote because she's sitting across the baccarat table from him and she goes, 
Trench, Sylvia Trench, and he go, and you are Bond, James Bond. Right. Yeah. It does work better as an exchange. You know, Gorley, you and I have done improv. Yeah. The moment you fall out of an improv scene is when you feel like the other person isn't listening. Yeah. And uh, so that's a he's listening to her. He's responding in the exact way. Yeah. Well, mm, maybe they don't want to say Sylvia Trench. <laughs> Maybe those are words people just don't want to quote out loud. It's just easy. Yeah. What if it was like the name's Bond, Bond, Bond? <laughs> that was there was that um, Sasha Baron Cohen where he did an Ali G movie that wasn't. No, it was it was a special feature on a DVD. I don't remember what it was. It was like he kept he did as Ali G did like a thirty minute James Bond movie. And he's playing James Bond, but just dressed like Ali G. Oh, and they like, go, who are you? And he goes, James Bond. James Bond. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, look around you. Oh, yeah. You the Peter Serafinowitz. Yeah. yeah uh, they had um, uh, a James Bond really funny they would go to question trivia like when they'd go to commercial let's like stick around and you'll find out i don't know the setup i just remember the answer being the person's like real name is james bond <laughs> it's just like a funny joke like my favorite one of those was they went they were like <laughs> question before commercial <laughs> the, the, the actual what is the actual color of milk <laughs> and then it comes back from commercial. The answer is black. <laughs> See, we know how to go beat by beat through the bank. <laughs> yeah, by rehashing jokes from Look Around You. Um, so, yeah, they, it starts off. He pulls off that hazmat suit, head, helmet thing, and then... They say the submarine, the creature is busting the hole. And they don't know what it is, though. They just know this thing is busting the hole. But Jason Statham knows. He's got a gut instinct. Mm -hmm. uh, or I should say a, a, a six-pack stinked. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, and then he leaves the men behind. And I like that part, like I said yeah. before. And then I love it. It ends with... What have you done? And I was like, I know the next thing we're going to see is how much time has passed. Yeah. Because like any action movie, like, it's yeah. just like, so it was like, he went, what have you done? And I was like, huh? And then it was like five years later. Yes. I was like, hey, all right. <laughs> what have you done? I fucking kicked off the concept for a movie, friend. <laughs> now sit back and let me work. Oh, my God. Do you, there could easily be the Meg, too. I think there is. I uh, Maybe not. There's. There's a sequels to the books. Oh, okay. So yeah. it's, a, it's a possibly in the works. Yeah. I mean, yeah. maybe there was going to be in like, who knows what COVID did and all that. Right. You know? But if like, yeah, what have you done? He's like, I just kicked off an entire <laughs> franchise, <laughs> baby. <laughs> My grandchildren are going to be fucking set. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, I like the reveal of Shanghai. They did that like, the it was like the shark's yeah. point of view underneath the water, like too. and then it came up out of the water, and then it sort of like stopped being a shark, and it just kind of lifted up into yeah. the air. It reminded me of a little bit, uh, 
now on steroids to be sure but the the jaws 4 credit we liked it that it was oh, it yeah. was like a shark cam that came out of the water for a bit like looked oh, around yeah. and then like went back down it's all like shot on submarine periscope yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you looked into uh, Jaws's eye, you would it'd be a periscope. <laughs> There'd be a captain inside. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the um, but it was like that. Plus a thousand, it came out of there right on Shanghai. Uh, Shanghai looked crazy. I don't know if it was like the haze. It looked like a model, but I was even like, is this a future city? I didn't recognize it as Shanghai. I mean, this movie was so CGI'd out. I didn't know, like the underwater stuff I liked that it was CGI because it yeah. looked pretty. Yeah, it looked good. But now this is true. This isn't like, I'm not trying to make a snotty joke. <laughs> For a moment, there was a moment where I thought one of the characters was CGI. <laughs> Which one? That girl with the black hair, the kind of like punk rock person. When she first showed up, I was like, is she CGI? I thought like, did they put an anime character in here? Like actually animate with- Okay, so I wasn't alone. We thought some Roger Rabbit business was happening. I don't mean anything against her, but it was more the design of the movie. Like I thought they put a rubber wig on her where the little tendrils of hair were rubber, like one piece of rubber- like a like yeah. a Dragon Ball Z kind of thing <laughs> yeah. or something. I was like, what was going on here? Yeah, that was a very uh uh what you were saying about the design of the movie, because it kind of fits it with the design of the movie. It did look that's like why I think it looked fake to me. Like, yeah, who knows? Like, Maybe they did augment her, but it yeah. was my thing of like where Amanda's saying it's this AI write this movie and that they have one of every type, so that the AI was, well, we have to have uh, a computer hacker type, so it's got to be an edge lord computer. Yeah, it's got to be girl with a dragon tattoo. Yeah, or that um, who's that CSI? Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, <laughs> Pokey Brewster. And it was just that character more than any kept jarring me out of the movie because I felt like she was uncomfortable in the movie. Everything took yes. me out. It was so strange. Oh, I was when she was having to deliver all that jargon. I was like, I will never be able to get a part like that in oh. a movie. I just I there's no way I could make it sound natural. It well just, she couldn't. I mean yeah no, I don't it, blame her. Yeah. No. And maybe Turtle Taub wasn't there yeah helping along. You try this Turtle Taub. <laughs> you sit here Turtle Taub and try to say this <laughs> shit. John, where are you? Turtle Taub hasn't shown up once on set. It's <laughs> day 46 and he's not been here. Do you know he does the Hans Zimmer school of directing where he just has an underling come in and do it and he gets the credit? I mean, I assume he's looking at dailies somewhere, but we've never seen the guy. <laughs> what if for Hans Zimmer to get have that like legal loophole, <laughs> he makes everybody <laughs> in his staff be named Zons Himmer? <laughs> Or sans himmer, like he's not there. Yeah. Oh, we, technically, legally, it was always sans himmer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, then we meet uh, the, or we we meet one of the characters of the movie. Really, the Mana One Research Station. Yeah. I mean, you know, Chicago plays a character. L.A. plays a character. The Mana One Research Station really plays a character. Is- the main character and like there's no opening credits so that means i didn't know any of the actors outside of stathy in this 
So when a rain little C pops up, I had no yeah. goddamn idea. I'm not sure anyone there did anyway, because doesn't this, nothing against Rain Wilson, but I don't know. It just feels like maybe someone had this role and dropped out. Oh. I just feel like this was meant for a bigger name like Samuel L. Jackson in Deep Blue Sea, where someone with real gravitas, and I know he's kind of playing a tech bro, but. Yeah. Who's, who's, who's the, um, um, who's the guy that they're riffing on here? Uh, what's uh, his name? Why am I blanking on it? The, is it Elon Musk? Yeah. Yeah. Like who I agree with you who would be like somebody's number one choice for an Elon Musk Seth MacFarlane <laughs> Just cuz he What kinda... about um who's the comic book artist we were talking about before we Oh Todd like, MacFarlane Yeah what if it was or Todd, Todd MacFarlane <laughs> with the Elon Musk version Uh who would that be it has to be like Oh maybe like Seth Rogen or something right like I'm trying to think yeah. of like Comic, like, wild guy. Yeah, I wonder, but it's also someone who's got to play in China, and I don't mean that flippantly. I'm. It's very clear that everyone they've cast in this has to, like, play visually. You know what I mean? Like, that's mm-hmm. why the anime girl looks that way, yeah. and why the big, if he's, I don't know if he's Swedish or Norwegian, the one guy... Who's named The Wall, by the way. That was his character. His name. name's The Wall? And he played a character in True Detective named The Wall. What's his real life name? It's like Oleg Svensson or something. Oh, okay, okay. But his character name in this movie is The Wall. And then in True Detective, it was The Wall? But not like The Wall, just D-E-W-A-L-L, like The Wall. But <laughs> right, it sounds that- like The Wall. Yeah. Yeah. At first, I thought it was like, oh, is he like a wrestler? That's his name, The Wall. <laughs> Maybe. But then I found out it was his character, and then he has a similarly sounding character, other yeah. character. That's weird. Yeah. That the Doe Wall sounds like, yeah, like a, a, a guy from Chicago talking about his favorite character from, uh, <laughs> yeah. from the Bay. Yeah, The yeah. Walls. Oh, The Walls. <laughs> <laughs> well, so did the. American office ever go to China? Like, would China have known Rain Wilson? I know I'm obsessed with this, but I just... No, I think, like, um, uh, just by being... Uh, office is, like, one of the biggest things on Netflix, right? So, if, yeah. so if anybody has Netflix, I... Uh, I mean, uh, by the amount of people who watch The Office and reference it, it seems like Rain Wilson should be on our money. I guess. Maybe I just shied away from all that, so that's why it seems... A little, uh, I don't know. It seemed, I don't know why it didn't, it didn't gel for me. I always knew I was oh. watching Rain Wilson. Oh, in in the Meg. Yeah, I thought you meant in the Office. Oh, no. Well, in the Office, I I think I've only watched maybe ten episodes. Yeah, it didn't hook me. When I watch it, yeah. I enjoy the episodes. I'm not like it's not unbearable. Like I laugh and I even remember watching an episode where I I shed a a, a tear. Uh So it definitely, there was things that moved me about it. I just don't know. um, Don't know why it didn't. uh, Yeah. I was so, so heavily into the British office and so invested in it. But that uh, even though I know the American office went on its own path and I saw enough of it, it just, it didn't straddle the – it went uh, – I guess for me, just for me, it went a mm-hmm. little too broad to then ask you to come back to the melodrama sometimes where the British one 
kept it all in a narrower band that I could buy for some reason. Uh, that's very well said. Yeah. But but I get I get why people like it a lot and I have enjoyed it at times too. In yeah. fact, I remember I would when I worked at Disney, I had one of those early iPod Nanos and for some reason you could watch video on the iPod Nanos, but the I screen mean, was like an inch and a half by an inch or something. Would this have been like 2005 or 2006? Yeah. 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 yeah, that's right. And so I would watch episodes of The American Office and Lost. Two shows that the, like have not never really sat well with me, but because they were available <laughs> on there. That's funny. Uh, and uh, some market research told them that the people who are buying iPad Nanos are also the people who like lost an office, probably, I believe. Yeah, yeah, probably. And so I would watch it on my breaks there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I um, I remember seeing somebody's first iPad Nano, uh, iPod iPod nano play video and it being like oh my god you've brought fire to our village <laughs> <laughs> how did this happen um uh what was like your first mp3 player that you would like bop around with i had the original ipod oh wow i loved that thing the and, like steel backed one and what is that what year is that because i remember being surprised once when i heard how long an ipod had. well i think been. i had it in 2001 or okay. 2000 yeah mm, no that, that it was 2000 because it was pre 9-11, I think. Yeah. Right. Because you were like on 9-11, you were fine with it because you had your uh, little uh, nano. That's all I care about. Yeah. You just kept saying to people, well, I got my nano. So. Yeah. I got what I wanted. <laughs> you guys deal with this. Uh, hey, Courtney, we're coming up on the 20th anniversary. Of I know. Time. That's crazy. Thoughts, feelings. Uh, what do you got planned? <laughs> uh, it's a, uh, yeah, it was a sad day. It was, yeah. 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 But nope. No, no plans. <laughs> <laughs> See how we go beat through beat through the bag. Well, we talked about nine eleven last episode because I said uh, open water was a metaphor for nine eleven. That's right. What is this one a metaphor for? Ooh, the monster. So Joe Dante's the monster. Name the monster. Name the metaphor. This is good. If I hope we remember to carry this on. Yeah, I also want to just go back to talk about our boy Michael Myers and name the metaphor for that. Okay, I'm I love it. about that too. I love it. Uh, but yeah, uh, 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 the Meg. What's the? No, should we save the metaf- Michael Myers metaphor for the upcoming commentary on Halloween too? Ooh, that's good. As Let's a do that. Teaser. You I know? love it. Jo- you got to join the Patreon. That's right. We'll find out what the metaphor is. Yeah. Michael metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> metaphor buyers. Um, yeah. I uh, think this is just global capitalism and uh, the amalgamation of uh, studios to sell shit movies overseas. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I know. I, I think like, uh, what's well, tough because it feels sort of like just like what a lot of science fiction is, which is like, don't, but that's not really a metaphor, but it was sort of like, oh, the Meg is the manifestation of like, don't delve into things you shouldn't be sticking your yeah. nose into. Or like, um, yeah, the greed of them wanting to get, the, but it's not really that. It's kind of well, like he just builds the station for whatever reason. And then they. Well, it's, it's uh, this and other movies have a problematic message like this when it's like, the message is you, sh- you curious scientists shouldn't go exploring. Look yeah. what's going to happen, which is really a bad message because yeah. the best of mankind has been 
exploring and new frontiers. But I've thought about that, how most science fiction movies are based on that scientists shouldn't have done that. Yeah. Yeah. Is that weird? (laughs) And and you can make, you know, like ethical judgments and things like Jurassic Park, but I don't think there's any real downfall to these guys just wanting to learn more about the natural habitat of the ocean floor. (laughs) Yeah. I wonder if that's like why James Cameron, who I kind of, feel like he was the first to do the thing of they're trying to get the science to use it for weapons, which now is like used all the time. Maybe that's a nice way of going about it because it's kind of like, it's not science I'm saying is wrong. It's like how science is being manipulated by people with money. Yeah. That's Godzilla. I think that was first to do that. Oh, right. Yeah. The metaphor of that monster was nuclear proliferation and yeah. Yeah. Right, right, right. That was one of the ones that uh, Joe Dante talks about. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the actual Meg, what's the, I I don't know. I guess it's some just like, I wish I could, if the characters had any of these qualities, it would make, it would work. But like just the idea of like, oh, there's something ancient deep inside all of us and it can get unleashed unknowingly. Primal fear. Yeah. The primal fear. Is this theory, is it that it's the intention intended metaphor of the filmmaker or what the like the world at large then what what almost like the movie subconsciously doesn't know it's doing which yeah. one is it it's i think the latter it's sort of like oh the movie maybe wasn't conscious about doing this but the way the movie was received so popularly yeah. you can't help but think there was something being said to the audience about yeah, yeah cuz i think this movie has no intended metaphor it's <laughs> just that shallow where like godfather right. I mean, sorry, Godzilla. What's the uh, monster metaphor in Godfather? <laughs> it's funny though. You said that it's shallow, and uh, the Shallows is a uh, not a shallow movie. I know, and lost out to it. it yeah. It's okay. Yeah. Um. I. You know what? I had seen the Shallows before, so getting to see a new movie like The Mag, that's yeah. all right by me. Yeah. Same. Um. I mean, now, I haven't seen the Shallows, but now would you uh uh. Uh, what do you think of that? Um, the old trick elevator. That was good. Yeah, was, I, I like good. it better when it's in Spies Like Us. If you ask me, oh, I like everything better in Spies <laughs> Like Us. <laughs> the um, so then we go and we meet the ensemble. We sure. So do. this wisecracking billionaire character comes and meets this uh, these lovable scamps on the crew. Um, now. I did think for the guys who said, who high-fived that it's all about sex, food, and money, that only one of them died. Like in most horror movies, the guys are like, we're doing this for sex, food, and money. Yeah. Uh, but um, that bothered, that was like when I like started a little bit side off at the movie because I was like, wait, these guys are doing unprecedented discoveries here. And when they get into the ship to blast off, they're high it over sex, food, and money. Like, that's just, like, too far. Was that the wall and the guy from Heroes? Yes. Okay, they were doing that? I somehow <laughs> missed that. I yeah. mean, I saw their little handshake yeah. octopus thing, but... Yeah, no, it's when they... Because uh, they... Some joke, like, insertion, and it's like, oh, insertion, right. haha. And she's like, is that all you guys think about? And they're like, sex, food, and money. Yeah, written by AI. 
It can't connect the dots, but it can put the dots there. What do you think the fourth thing was other sex, food, and money? If it, if the AI had gone sex, food, money, and... Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, then they go down in their little lorry and, the, and those two guys, they yeah. go down in the little ship and... I did love the like the CGI stuff was very pretty. Yeah. But but I got to say both on a visual level but just on a behind the scenes filmmaking level seeing people go down on a real ship underwater is going to win 10 times oh, out of yeah. 10 my friend. Yeah, tell me about it. Takes it it's going to automatically look even whatever CGI stuff you can do it's just going to look cooler and see the real thing. Yeah. Cuz you don't usually get to see it. That's what I love about these shark movies. Get I the know. little peek underwater. Yeah, but I guess they're going to that realm that even we can't go to now with those little headlamp fishes. Yeah, the right the lamp rays and the Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, they can't they needed a computer to create that wonderland. I just just reminding me of Phantom Menace when they go through oh. the underwater, and not only that, but even their little later those little sh- ships they use underwater look like that little Gungan. Oh, water and he skimmer. uses the mouth thing too. The, oh, the yeah, which is that Thunderball rebreather? That's from Thunderball. Oh God! So even the Jedi were, were pulling from Thunderball. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and that was the thing that after Thunderball, the CIA or someone came to the makers and went like, "How did you do that? We need to make those." And they're like, uh, "Dipshit! It's a movie. They weren't, they weren't real." <laughs> I think I told you about how after um, Jennifer, uh, Rachel on Friends had her baby, like New York hospitals were like get, gotten so many calls like, which baby did Rachel, which room did Rachel have the baby in? I want to have Wait, my the baby. actress or the character? The, the truly, character. truly stupid people. <laughs> I mean, they probably were like, I want to know where they shot the scene where Rachel Aniston as Rachel had a baby. And can I have my baby there too? But right. it's like, well, I mean, I, I can't mean, this say is like I my fake news could happen. It's just I haven't like, there's made a no... call to like, which room did Michael Myers get his eyes shot out in? Cause that's where I want my daughter to be born. <laughs> where does the mask melt? Wait, is there still melted mask on the I floor? I just think. Of this? There should be some media literacy programs. Yes, yes, right? yeah. Then we wouldn't have these problems. Yeah, we where, wouldn't have this like. Were you asked to be in the Michael Myers? <laughs> Could I be in the hospital room where he got his eyes shot out? Uh, I do. I'm now connecting also the Gungan underwater world. I believe it's called Odo Gunga. Because uh, <laughs> um, also. When the Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan and Jar Jar are in that little vessel and the big fish comes, then the little fish, because there's a little Meg and a big Meg and they should oh. put Qui-Gon in. Someone should edit that in to him because there's always a bigger fish. There's always a bigger Meg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, did I tell you when I rewatched Phantom and I was just like shocked at how Roger Rabbity Jar Jar is. It's just like oh, yeah. his legs, the way he moves, yeah, like yeah. the way the characters interact with him. Yeah. Um, and, and not to mention the voice, of course. That was the first thing when I saw that movie, I thought of Roger Rabbit when he goes, please, you know, it's oh, crazy. Right. Yeah. I mean, it really does sound like Charles Fleischer. Yeah. Um, we should have Charles Fleischer come on the show sometime. <laughs> Uh, I saw the new Beverly is going to show who framed Roger Rabbit on 35 millimeter. Oh, wow. And for the longest time, if somebody had told me that I would have been right there and I still will be. 
but I just mean like, uh, uh, or I hope to be, but like it was, um, there was a rumor that a phone number was written in Toontown that was Michael Eisner's home phone number. And that when it got put on video, they took it off. And I was like, damn it, anytime I get the opportunity to see a 35 mm print, my eye is going to go right there so I can see if that's true. And then we'll call him like we did Daniel Craig on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, But then I read a book about the making of Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and they said that might not be true. (sighs) Like it's not even there at all, or no, it's just not. It was number. never there at all to begin oh, with. It was just some, always a dirty ooh. rumor. So I'm happy that I know that now. So if I had gone go and see the movie in the theater, I'm not going to be heartbroken in the moment. Yeah, but it was a little heartbreaking. Oh, that's too bad. Well, I'll keep my eyes open, and if we see Michael Eisner's phone number, we'll call it. We'll call him. Yeah, yeah. he picks up. He goes, Matt, Paul. I'm like what? <laughs> I I'm a listener. Because he listened. Now he assumes every call coming. He's just going to say, Matt, Paul. Had to be right one of these days. And wouldn't you be impressed? Huh? A broken Eisner is right <laughs> twice. A, uh, did you see Eisner when you guys went to Disneyland yesterday? Was he just kind of slumming around? He was. He, he was just sitting on one of the benches telling people stories. Like, you know, when I worked here and like everyone was get away. Because you have to use an app to get on basically every ride now. And that you have to use an app to get away from them. You have to just <laughs> reserve a time when you get to leave. It was so when you worked there in 05, uh Eisner was your boss. Yeah, I guess so. I was there two thousand one technically to thirteen, though I mm. hadn't really worked the past couple of years. They take a while to fire you if you don't quit. <laughs> That's good to know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean like they fired you? It was just like you stopped showing up or Well, I know I just stopped like getting like saying I was available. Right. And so they just you remain on the role for so long. And then... Oh, because there's like a just like, hey, we need this. I can't do it today. Okay, so we'll go to Gorley. Yeah, or just take me. I'm not doing that show. I haven't like tried out for any new shows or anything. And then two years later you get a call of someone who's petrified to fire you and you're like, listen. Pal, I haven't been there in two years. I'm not coming back. You're cool. Don't worry about it. Oh my god. Okay. Okay. Well, we're just want to. I'll have a Disney day. <laughs> oh, oh my god. Just didn't want to make sure. I just didn't want to make be the reason for you not having a Disney day. Oh, 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 oh. oh my gorly. It's that bad. You just brought me the the meg pits of despair yeah I, i'm lower than the meg was hearing that <laughs> i mean i like it it's my favorite types of stories <laughs> i just don't hope you don't, don't want you to have a disney day <laughs> <laughs> if you don't have a disney day i can't have a disney day knowing that i was the one who didn't give you a disney day that takes away my disney day then who will not have a disney day because i'm not having a disney day then nobody's having a disney day and then do we even have a day no we lost a day <laughs> My wife left me. Oh, I assume. I don't know. I don't know. I haven't checked yet today, but if, I mean, if she's not having a Disney day, why would she stay with me? Oh, oh. you want to go on a ride? No, I can't because I'm on, I'm on duty. Oh. But it's true though. Like, Gorley, like, you told me that you had a Disney day yesterday and I flipped out because yeah. I was so happy for you. So there is power in that Disney day. Yeah. I think the highlight for me is going to sound crazy. That green milk. I love that green milk. I haven't gotten to the Star Wars land yet. I have uh, mixed uh, mixed results for me on that, but... But the green milk. <laughs> it's like... 
What's it taste like? Is it like a it milkshake? Like, like the closest thing I can say is, no, it's more like cereal milk. It tastes like fruity pebbles kind of. I had the oh. blue milk last time I went, but I like the green milk. That's a good. lot of people don't like it. I mean, it's a yeah. real, and I don't do a lot of sugar these days, but uh-huh. we sure went at it yesterday. And I just, that's great. Amanda's, you know, is pregnant. So we had a lot of time where we were just sitting. And so we were just sitting on these, like, it's a bench, but it's really just like a Millennium Falcon storage container that is oh, used right. as a bench. And we're just sitting across from Millennium Falcon, just going like, wow, we really did it today. I'm drinking a glass of green milk and... It was fantastic. I had some uh, of the butter beer. Oh at, yeah, uh, a Universal Studios. That sounds good. Harry Potter Land. I like that. I quite did a bit. too. Yeah, I like that. My niece and I went. We had a great day. Oh, that's yeah, nice. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Oh. Uh, not yesterday though. No, 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 no. A couple years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, now uh, they, they they go under that little level and they're finding all these new species. Now I did think once they got under the level, immediate mayhem. Yeah, there was no yeah. time for no, one. This and and they'll show you the Meg right away. There's no mystery building right. in this movie. And I like that it was like the opposite of that. They're doing Alien of kind of like the three people go out while the rest of the people wait in the mm. ship and they go and but like it's the opposite of Alien that it's like whatever the opposite of a. Slow burn, it's yeah. Like a fast burn. It's a fast like, freeze. Yeah, because yeah. they were cold. Yeah, that's they were. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and when that ship broke down and they were all getting cold inside, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, I did too. Uh, now, uh, when they have that speech where they they all have a meeting about like, I think we got to go get Statham now, and everybody's yeah. like, No, 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 you can't get Statham. Yeah. Um, in a movie that like digital effects should be able to like. People should care enough to notice this and then clean it up with some digital effects, some CGI. When one of the guys, like after he says something like three, he's like, I'll tell you a number three or something like that. I just remember because I rewound and he said that he walks by like a wind, like a frame picture. You just flat out see like a cameraman behind the camera. Just like, what? (laughs) They don't care. They're just like running through this day trying to get the bag made. Oh my God. <laughs> that must have been like the Meg people who did the Meg were like, yeah, well, we see that, but buddy, we just do sharks. <laughs> yeah. Like you're going to have to get someone turtle else to top. do it. We yeah. only do sharks. Yeah. But I see it. I see it. You do your turtles. We'll do our sharks, man. <laughs> you, you've been turtle topped. But yeah. Um, those are my favorite of the goofs yeah. is the visible crew. Especially in such a huge budget film like that yeah and i I saw it just immediately it was like the thing i I noticed oh man um it would be funny if they are like you'll never get statham they go get him he gives a speech and he's like not doing it and he's just not in the rest of the movie (laughs) that's like my friend dj uh dj rudin cracked me up so hard once he was like you watch Judge Dredd, and he said, "You see, like one opening case of Judge Dredd that he solves, just so you know, like what a badass Judge Dredd is." And then you find out the main case that Judge Dredd is on. This is the Sylvester Stallone one. And then at the end, he solves that case. And DJ was like, "Wouldn't it be funny if, like, they had just twelve more minutes where he just solves one more case?" <laughs> <laughs> well, you saw him at the beginning solve one. You don't think you want to see another at the end? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, if Statham was just like, no, nope. 
it's like, oh, I guess he was okay with letting those people die, but he didn't want to let more people die. Is why he chose not to yeah. go with them. Yeah. What but, did finally convince him? The voices of oh, is his ex-wife? Yeah, yeah, that's and right. <laughs> that's right. Somebody says to him, "It's Lori, your ex-wife." Yes, <laughs> they say that to him, even though he's re- reacting that he knows it's not Lori, my mother and my sister. Because everyone, it's weird. Every woman in my life is named Lori. <laughs> that's why the, the next time I fucking meet a woman not named Lori, regardless of the chemistry I have with her, I'm going. Head, head away. I forgot for him to marry her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, his name is Jonas Taylor. Yeah. yeah An anagram cool. for Jason. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Jason doesn't like being underwater. I mean, Jonas likes it more than Jason. Well, Jason Statham does because he was a champion diver. Did you know that? <gasps> no, and I didn't even... When you said Jason Anagros, that they meant Jason Voorhees. Oh, right. So You're the, right. That's that. I didn't even think about that. But that Jason Statham is a completely opposite from Jason Voorhees yeah. because he's a diver. He was a champion diver. I think. I don't know if he was. I don't think he was in the Olympics, but I think what? he was in some kind of qualifying. Or, wow. Yeah. There's footage of him, I believe, too. Doing that you can watch him. I believe. Yeah. Oh, did he like? Um, put on a uh, like a skin cap, like a uh, what's that called? A, sp- uh, a swimming cap. Swimming cap. Yeah. And then when he pulled it off, it pulled off all of his hair. <laughs> or when he bloody when hell, he, what he, happened to me? Hey, <laughs> he takes off the swim cap and it he just rubs it off with a towel because it's painted on. <laughs> uh, in that meeting too, they also said. <laughs> Well, he suffered from pressure-induced psychosis. That's your diagnosis, doctor. <laughs> yeah, I'm a doctor. Okay, look at this. Jason Statham competed in what? the 1990 Commonwealth Games in Auckland, New Zealand. New Zealand. Oh, he's from New Zealand. He's not, but oh. I think that the games were there. He's doing a three-meter springboard here. Impressive. Wow. Wow. Good diving, Stath. Yeah. Good diver. <laughs> Lady good diver. <laughs> wow. That's pretty cool. That's a good diver. <laughs> Maybe even on the level of a lady good diver. <laughs> good diver. <laughs> oh, good diver there. <laughs> good diver, mate. You want a lady good diver? Or be a good diver. Oh, are you? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I'm a robot Australian. Now they pick up, they go to pick up Statham, yeah. Rambo style. Did yeah. you say, you said you had a thought on the Rambo? Well, that was just Rambo, Bond, and, and Jason. Yes. Oh, and it Jonas. was a doozy. How could yeah. I have forgotten imagining yeah. a, a multiverse of all those guys living just together, playing, tortured? Playing poker together because they're not doing any action. They're decidedly retired. You but. Know? Here's what I don't buy, because also there's a moment when he comes back. I love this moment when the doctor, like, Statham finally agrees to go out, and the doctor gives him a checkup, and the doctor goes, he's in perfect shape. I know. Oh, God. Oh, God. He's in he perfect drinks. shape. But with all these guys, how off the rails can you really go in these paradise areas where these people guys are kind of letting themselves... When 
Well, I guess with Bond, it's different. With Bond, they make it a point. Yeah, like he, Skyfall, yeah. But like with Statham, I was kind of like, so he hasn't really got on a bender. He if like, yeah. He goes back and they're like, he's in perfect shape. I know. And I guess Rambo was keeping in shape too because he was doing that stick fighting and fighting snakes as well. He, is, <laughs> right? he does two movies of those. And you could almost say three because one, he's in jail, but that's not by choice. And I feel like he would have been doing something else. If he could have. Yeah. 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 In the first Ram in First Blood, do you just see him like played marbles or something? He's just coming to town. That's all. <laughs> God, I love it. Yeah. That's so cool. He just walks in, right? Yeah. Who's this mystery man? Says Brian Dunny. Yeah, that's right. He walks yeah. in He inter- and then in the second one, he's in jail and Troutman comes to get him. The third one, he's in Thailand. The fourth one, I'm not sure where he is. Maybe Laos or something. And then missionaries come to get him. And then the fifth one, he's just got a farm in Arizona with a like- Oh, is that where part four ends? He goes back to that farm? Yes. I never saw part five. So I had a I saw a hope. the theater friend. Fully funded by Russians. The Rambo Five movie. Every credit is like a Russian. Like oh, the irony. I know. I know. That is so wild, but very on brand with today. Because imagine who would make the most like macho machismo. I'm not saying that of all Russians. I'm just saying like that Russian oligarch money. Yeah, it's clearly funded by Russian oligarch money. (laughs) Who's funding the new Rockies? I don't know because those creeds are legit. So right, those right. I think are full studio. I wasn't funded. even thinking about the creeds. Uh, yeah, of course, those are awesome. Uh, I was thinking of the um, Rocky Balboa, but yeah, that was good question. That was yeah. I'm not sure. I bet those Expendables have some questionnaire questionable yeah. funding sources too. Yeah. Well, in the olden days, maybe they still do, but like somebody would just go like a Roger Corman or a Dino De Laurentiis would go down to Cannes, and they'd go. I got this title and this poster and I got these two actors in it. You just need to give me a bunch of money and I'll go make it. Yeah. So um, I don't know what deals were made, how the Meg was hatched, but I don't either. I noticed one of the executive producers was a studio head at Warner Brothers for the longest time. And it seems like those guys kind of like, they're like, um, it's like what a guy is like the CEO of Chrysler then like what's his job after that he like gives advice on how oh, to he's make... a consultant yeah, yeah. so like i yeah. think that's like what those guys do they like yeah. make a bunch of money as studio heads and then they're like i'm gonna consult yeah here on the May. i'll bet Listen, my... i worked as a podcast consultant for many years so i know what that's like <laughs> what i did you worked as a what a podcast oh consultant. yes no yeah. i know yeah <laughs> first i misunderstood i say that with all uh, like awareness of how like no. how unnecessary a job mm-hmm. that is you know that's how silly yeah it is uh, consult thyself physician <laughs> uh, now uh, yeah the thing they I like that scene we said where he's like you can, you're gonna do this and I'm gonna do that yeah. and then you'll do this and I'll do yeah. that and then uh, I was a little disappointed that the thing that did convince him was just is the voice of yeah. like help me yeah uh, so then he goes they, they get Statham to go and then we see them um, two two things about that scene I like that the ship got cold I thought that yeah, was yeah that neat. was cool and I was surprised when the woman got the thing in the stomach yeah. Because yeah. I thought, and an overall surprise of this movie, I thought it was going to be the story of the divorced couple that like 
comes back together through trauma. She just he gets her out and then that's it. I'm suspicious that it wasn't that and that then they had to twist it to this other storyline. I don't know what the novel's like, but I'm very suspicious. I think you may be right because it's a weird left turn. Well, because there is like this weird mismatch scene where um, he's talking to Lori and then the little girl comes up and she goes, my mom likes you too. And then she does the... Um, dollar signs in her eyes. <laughs> the, uh, 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 one of those eyebrows. Oh yeah, the raised the Groucho. up and down yeah. eyebrows thing. Um, like, and I did think in that moment I was like, "Hey, it, it, if you're curious, the Meg is a movie where a child says my mom likes you too and does eyebrows up and down. Like, <laughs> that describes a lot. I'm gonna check on that because I I think let's see. Oh, what are you looking up? The the novel. Oh the oh Meg. oh. So it was written in 97. Um, this guy was like so pissed off. Clinton got reelected. <laughs> Time to finally. <laughs> this is my, my metaphor for the monster. The Meg is Clinton, particularly is- Hi- Hillary. <laughs> Notice it doesn't have any class. Uh, In 1997, Jonas is working deep in the Mariana Trench with the United States Navy. His mission is is top secret and involves the study of hydrogen nodules to solve any future... Let me skip ahead to... uh, What? uh, I want to hear more about those hydrogen nodules. Okay. Okay. This has also led Jonas to push away his estranged and separated wife, Maggie, and leads her to having an an affair with his billionaire friend, Bud Harris. He's later approached by an old friend, marine biologist Masayo Tanaka, who lost a remote submersible in the monitor's seismic activity in the... Um, hmm. Ooh, okay. Uh, that was the scene we saw. In the book, it's just referenced, I guess. Yeah. Uh, 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 this seems like way different, actually. <laughs> Maggie's around the whole time and she decides to film the shark from within a shark cage as she swims to California to give birth. Is it a mega plexiglass cube? It's a megaplex. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, During the sojourn north, the shark gives birth to three pups. It's all about Maggie and Jason or Jonas. Oh, So yeah, they did. This thing definitely got reworked when they got the money, I think. Yeah. Uh, Cause I thought it was like a nice surprise. Like you find out the scene after you find out he has a wife in there, she gets an arrow or whatever. <laughs> it's like yeah, an arrow, what, a screwdriver. What the <laughs> yeah. hell was that in her, in her stomach? And I was like, Oh, this is, uh, I didn't know they were going to go this way. Yeah. But, um, then they went another way. Cause what's, there's another action movie or two where he's got to save his ex wife. It's specifically an ex wife thing. Yeah. The, the, it's not saving, but the movie I always think of as the the husband, ex-husband, ex-wife are going to have to work together and yeah. be back together by the end is um, Outbreak. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. And then there's kind of Die Hard too. Oh, uh, yes. And uh, Twister. Oh, right. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I think is so. Twister, they're an old couple? I think. I think so. Isn't it Helen Hunt and yeah. Bill Paxton? Yeah. So the two- I almost said Tom Paxton. Do you remember who that is? <laughs> Tom Pullman? What have you got no, so Tom far Tom Poston. That's what I'm thinking. No, but uh, I was oh, saying to Tom Poston. <laughs> but no, who's Tom? He was the like old buddy on Newhart. No, I know Tom Poston, oh, but what did you You said Tom. Tom Paxton, but I meant Tom Poston. <laughs> yeah. I meant, I almost, uh, I don't know. Oh my God, if Twister had been Helen Hunt and Tom, Tom Poston. Poston. 
Sign me up. Sign me up. Me too. Me too. Uh, I had heard a rumor, speaking of the theme parks and stuff, that the Universal Studios uh, Twister ride, they there's was there get, a ride? Yeah, I guess there was a ride, but it wasn't ever at Hollywood. I never got oh, to go on it. Maybe yeah, it's just in Florida. Huh. But um, that was probably just a real twister coming through. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's like a video uh, uh, intro from uh, Bill Pullman and Helen Hunt. But they're wait, like, isn't it Bill Paxton? God damn it! I oh, can't okay. No, I, I thought I that rookie just, mistake. Thought, Bill Paxton. Yes. Oh boy, Bill Paxton and Helen Hunt, and they're shot separately. And the rumor is. Because they hated each other. Really? You couldn't get them on the same set to do this Twister the Ride video intro. So it's like some kind of awkward thing where somebody recorded I watched it on YouTube where it's like, now Helen's going to talk. <laughs> <laughs> like look over at her sort of thing. <laughs> what could they possibly have to fight about? Um, she was just bitter that it wasn't Tom Poston. I bet I know what they fought about. What? Who has the true love of Paul Reiser. Oh. He's like, we were brothers in arms on on the set of Aliens. <laughs> and she was like, she, he played my goddamn husband. I was mad about him. <laughs> yeah, you were just aliens about him. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, the Meg is attracted to lights on ships. Yeah, okay. Um, one fine. crew member looks CGI. We recovered that. Uh, um, I have a problem here when... Are we to the point where Statham's going down to save this yep. capsule? The f- when a movie does a forced sacrifice. Oh, I hate those too. And I thought uh, they do two of them in this movie. Yeah. There's another one at the end too that like, if I'm remembering correctly. Who, who was it? You're right though. Yeah. Oh, but, the doctor. Yes. The medic. Yes. Yeah. The doctor does it too. Yeah. Where it's... um. Particularly when it's a character like those, both of those that are like, um, well, I don't care about you one way or the other. It's yeah. like, so if you're an asshole who's supposed to be redeeming himself, or if you're like the most likable guy who's doing like the most charitable thing, I'm not getting that either. It doesn't change the plot at all. He could have just as quickly jumped up that ladder as shut and turned that thing. It just felt so manufactured and manipulative. And I mean, when the moment when he crazy. was sacrificing himself, I was like, is that what's happening? Like, if you don't even know that the person sacrificing himself in the moment, then it loses all of it. Yeah. Yeah. And it only makes me think because he was so dead set on writing that letter that he's like, this would be a pretty good opportunity for me to sacrifice myself. Like people will probably really miss me. Know, <laughs> yeah. He got into some sort of fantasy world yeah. of his death and kind of like got into it. I'll write a letter to my wife. That'll show her. I'll, she'll miss me for once. Oh, God. I bet she's not even thinking about me. But if I did die, she would think about me. <laughs> That's how, like, when I was uh, in, like, first or second grade, um, because we were uh, a Catholic school and not a public school in order for people who needed uh, teachers to come in to teach specialized teaching, they had to do it in, like, a um, like a trailer outside the school oh. in order to get – money for the funding or something it was like a weird interesting thing. but that meant this person this classmate or classmates would have probably left the room regardless to go with this teacher they just happened to go to this trailer but that was kind of what was cool about it, it was like yeah. they're getting outside of the school to go to this what's going on in this trailer yeah and i remember like thinking uh, no and i'm not trying to do whatever be snotty or glibber here but i just as a kid it was for somebody who had like um couldn't maybe read well. Yeah. 
And so I would like, the kid would leave and I'd be like, I wish I didn't read well. Like, so I would, you, like do you ever have that? Like yeah, when you're well, like, oh, that person's getting special, special treatment. They're, yeah, yeah. But it's like, unique. because it, things are hard, right? Like you want yeah, their hard. You don't you want, want to toil? No, you also I want know. to toil, Paul? <laughs> I know what you mean, though. But yeah. the same with this guy. It kind of seemed like he got into the idea of like the sacrifice of yeah. it all. And it was like, yeah. you know what? I'm actually going to cash the chips on that. <laughs> I'll never get a chance like this again. There's a prehistoric shark for God's sake. Um, then, yeah, because then they go, he saves them. Um, just wearing a sweater while his ears bleed. And then the big octopus comes down. Yeah. And like, I like those suction cup. Yeah. Tendril, uh, tentacles. That was cool. And... Then it gets stopped by what we find out later is the Meg one, yes. right? The first Meg. Meg Jr. I thought it was cool when it goes over the ship. They had like some wondrous music play with it. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's actually a different choice yeah, that was for cool. a movie like yeah, this. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Not as schlocky. Yeah, I liked it. Um, then Statham and saves his ex-wife. And um, he says, it's the world's best I told you so. That was pretty good. Yeah. yeah. There's a the couple moments like that that I liked. Because I, I did think it was, that was a good state the meat character move. Because yeah. it's like, well, deep down you did it because you care about your ex-wife, you goofball. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that was a really good line. My other favorite mo- moment in the film, maybe my favorite moment in the whole film, was uh-huh. when they uh, blow up the first Meg and he ke- Wayne Wilson keeps asking for confirmation and they cut to the helicopter pilot who's covered in shark giblets going, pretty sure it's... Yeah, <laughs> I know. I was like, <laughs> that's a that genuine moment of like wit. Yeah, I did not expect moment. that. Yeah. Especially coming on the heels of... Was that when... Uh, no, that wasn't when Rain Wilson had his serious little tearing up monologue where I said to the TV out loud, how dare you have a serious moment, Rain Wilson? <laughs> In this movie, <laughs> well, it would have been before because that was part of the like little trick they pulled yeah, on that's us was true. him shedding a tear before he goes and yeah. blows up the whale. Yeah, that's. But right. I did think it was like, um, I mean, even if it turns out to be a trick later in that moment, it felt like unearned and wrong. Yeah. So, like that's still yeah. <laughs> point against the movie, not point for it. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, the. Um, so then Statham gets visited um, in his room, and he's got his towel. <laughs> well, hey, when you when you get Jason Statham in the movie, you're not just paying for yeah. his face. No, no. You got to show the washboard abs, that diver's body. But this was the moment where I was like, oh, I thought Lori was the love interest, but now they're playing something here. It's. I think they just took the Lori part and then gave the two-thirds after the rescue I see. To this woman. It's so disjointed and so disconnected. There's zero chemistry between the two of them. Yeah. Um, it's also weird that she gets saved twice. They don't... And he saves Lori once and this woman twice. It just becomes a weird series of repetitions that felt like it was handed to multiple screenwriters who just kept adding things <laughs> and something. Like a exquisite corpse. Yeah. A, yeah. Uh, Su Yin is her name, yeah. the, uh, the character. So yeah, he leaves Lori for Su Yin. And then um, uh, so 
So they're in uh, the category of, I don't think these two actors were there the same day. Yeah. Or the same movie. Yeah. There's a scene where... Same continent. (laughs) Rain Wilson and Jason Statham, when uh, they're shouting at each other about what they're going to do, he's like, you've lost me money on this and stuff. There is no moment where the two of them are in the same frame. Yeah. And if anything, it's like just blurry over the shoulder stuff. We're like, that could be a fake Ray Wilson. Know. That yeah. could be a fake Statham. I think you're absolutely right. I think there is a fair amount of that going on. Yeah. People's schedules. You sort of made a deal with Rain Wilson for this amount of time. Yeah. But, um, and then I like that part where... Um, girl sees the mag through the big window yeah that was good yeah yeah um and then it uh and then a or it's like a whale yeah well they come back and it's a whale she sees the mag and then they come back and they're like it's just a whale yeah and then the mag comes and eats that whale yeah yeah that was good yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) uh now i thought that was there was a weird moment where they come up and they go Oh my god, shark fins. They're from shark hunters. They just cut off the or they they it was, it's the bodies of sharks. Yeah. And they they just cut off the fins for soup. The Meg must have killed these guys. I know. It was such a weird like <laughs> can I see that scene? There's a real um push for sharks to have revenge. Yes. In these movies. Why? It's in Deep Blue Sea, it's in Jaws 4, it's in this. I think Orca, that's the through line for Orca. I know that's not a shark, but there really is Why something. does it have to be a component? It's such a weird... Yeah. Like, isn't it scary enough that an animal just wants to eat I you? I think it's more scary because it's believable, <laughs> where the other one is not. <laughs> this is when they're on that boat, which is called the Charlotte, but there's some writing after it that I couldn't make out. I think it's in Chinese or something, and... I thought it said the Charlotte Ray who played Mrs. Garrett on different strokes well, on the facts of life. <laughs> I was just going to joke. Do you think it said the Charlotte Ray? <laughs> That's so funny. That's the only Charlotte we truly care about. And then a stingray pops up and goes, I'm the only Charlotte Ray. <laughs> okay. Now I get it. Take me a moment. You'll never find another Ray named Charlotte. There's one turtle taub and one Charlotte Ray, and they were married last year. Divorced already. I know. It was all me. I ran out on him. It was one of those COVID marriages. They met COVID, and (laughs) they got married and divorced, didn't it? Um, Now, they put a tracker on the Meg. The way they decided to do that, which seems like sort of like an end scene mano-a-mano moment, Jason Statham just goes alone in the water to go sneak up on this megalodon. Yeah, yeah. Pretty stupid move. I, I know. I don't think that's plan's going to work, guys. No. Uh, and then the way he gets pulled back up. Okay. Can we compare, like, the scene in Jaws when Roy Scheider is putting yeah. out the chum and then for the first time yeah. you see Jaws' head, how yeah. scary that must have been, alarming and surprising for people. Yeah. <laughs> when he is getting pulled, yanked, uh, yanked yeah. by the rope, and he gets yanked out of the water, and the shark follows him and like <laughs> just gnashes his heels with his teeth. We are very far from Shiderland, yeah. And Gourley. then he, the shark lands on the boat. Is that this time? The, uh 
No, that's okay. later. Okay. The later when the bigger one comes and oh, it that's breaks right. through the yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. To eat the other megalodon, I guess. The, yeah, well, I thought it was its kid. So it was just getting revenge. Yeah, we're back to. Or you know, it's such a beast that'll eat its own dead kid <laughs> <laughs> to get revenge. You're right. Um, the next scene is the um, the megaplex e glass yeah. Yeah. cage. Um, so, uh, I thought that was a neat idea, but what's up with the, There's like a netting at the bottom. It wasn't steel cage. Oh, but it's still not the glass cube. No, it's not. Yeah. Like it kind of defeats the purpose of like one whole bottom of it is, doesn't have the cube. I guess, I guess if it's just that it couldn't collapse it and crush it, but a shark couldn't fit up that. I don't look, I can't defend this. Oh, thing. I don't know. I see, and if maybe you could like kind of swim up, your feet wouldn't necessarily have to touch where the cagey part is. I guess. Yeah, but yeah. I just, I want it all cube, man. Yeah. Call me crazy, but if I get in a cube, I want it to be all cube. <laughs> wow. Madison Square Garden, like cheering my stand up special about my one hour on the bank. If you're here for Jason, stand up and yell. <laughs> if you're here for Jason Statham, cheer real loud. If you're here for the Meg, cheer real loud. Uh, is is this our first non-Jason Voorhees Jason? Jason? We've as an actor or a character we've encountered. No, Jason Ritter's in a Freddy movie. <laughs> yes, thank you, thank you. He's also in a Jason movie. Freddy versus Jason. That's true. Freddy versus Whoa. Jason Ritter. Wow. wow. That seems like a Jeopardy before and after. Yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> yes. Freddy versus Jason Ritter. Um, and then I liked it when that shark started swallowing the cage. Like, it's not chewing it up. It's yeah. swallowing it. Yeah. Uh, that, was, <laughs> that was a genuine moment. I was like, what are they going to do? Yeah. Um, now, I liked when the dr- drug conked out the shark and the eyelid kind of went over yeah um that was good i haven't jumped over a part for you have i no i i'm i think i'm actually oh don't no. have any notes until they do mission prep okay so uh and even then that note is just shitty mission prep well i'm at like the last 45 minutes here because i have the second bigger mag yeah appears like we were just saying and it destroys the boat and i thought Oh, with 45 minutes left, it is funny. It felt like um, the Meg 2 had started. Yeah, it did. It it was <laughs> strange. And it's also because you've gone from like, now you're going towards land. It it did feel like a part two or something. Yeah. I mean, this movie did not have to be two hours long. No. That's like, what's the problem with any time yeah. you make a B grade, grade B movie? Just make it short. Yeah. Make it easy on us. What does it do with these shark movies? They can't, more than any genre, they all like pay dues to their godfather of Jaws. So, like the Kintner mother and son callback in this. Did you catch? I that? missed it. Well, just that woman's concerned about her little son going out in the water, and oh. she's wearing a bathing suit dress, just like Mrs. Kintner. And yes, yeah, yeah, no, that. I'm sorry. I thought it was like another one of those open water where they use the the name Kittner. But you're oh, yeah. you're without a doubt. Yeah, that's supposed to be like the Jaws mom with the Kittner kid. Yeah. Um. Like. Uh. Yeah, that is it. Like, is it just because like it took so long to make a shark movie? It almost seems like you have to like 
honor it is the like person hyper- who just showed up at the party still. You're like pl- paying the godfather. Like I'm working on your turf. So here's your 10%. Like, yeah. Here's my tip of the hat to you. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's not done with like, um, uh, serial, like killer, like masked killers don't feel like they owe. No. Michael like yeah. Myers. Yeah. I know. Texas Wouldn't that Chainsaw? be funny if, yeah, if Jason was like, what would it be? Killing a dog, uh, <laughs> e- eating a dog. Uh, no, it'd be like setting someone up under their headstone or. Yeah. I don't know. What dressing up as a ghost in one scene. Yeah. Like, you'd always have to find a way to like, yeah. Yeah. Pay the Godfather. It is interesting. Um, yeah. And this one was more of like a funny spoof version. Yeah. Like if the kid or kid was a little goofball. Yeah. And he was. <laughs> um, now. I would have to imagine if um, the woman you're falling in love with, her father is uh, near dying, that you can let the daughter know that privately. You can maybe step aside and go, it's not looking good. But I don't know the wisdom of saying in front of the dad to the daughter, (laughs) it's not good. (laughs) You think that's going to give him a... He hey, hey a, uh, Florence Nightingale. Uh, go. Uh, I know. Nice bedside manner. Yeah. He has an unspecified wound. We don't know what happened to him other than he just got knocked off the boat. So Jason's that. He can identify a Meg having never seen one before and only knowing that a ship was attacked. He can diagnose the the terminal injury of this man and then say it right in front of him. Yeah, maybe all of those skills that he has that you just mentioned, the the exchange or the trade-off is like good bedside manner or just like politeness. Yeah. yeah. He's like, he's too, he's got too much to do to be polite. Yeah. You know? um, but then uh, the dad does die. Um, oh, with the, <laughs> I thought this was like a scene you don't usually see in shark movies. Uh, uh, like the idea of like, let's call in some people to come blow it up or let's yeah. call in some people to shoot it. Yeah. And this movie is so, it, it's funny what you were just saying about Statham, like how much of a source of power and control he is that when that part with, uh, the helicopter came and the woman was like, you just have a helicopter show up with one gun. And he's like, I was just doing it to get them on, you know? And in our minds, maybe we're like, is that a good thing or a bad thing? What's he up to? And to answer that, like Jason Statham from the other boat turns around and gives Rain Wilson a I thumbs know. up for doing it. And then I was like, okay, he's cool. I was like, <laughs> yeah. that's how like biopic or whatever this movie is. It's I was like, thrown by that because he does that a couple of times where you've got the uh, Jason Statham endorsement for the bad guy. And there never was a moment where Jason Statham saw him undone because Rain Wilson's thing. So as far as we know, the like this movie ends and the next scene is Statham speaking at Rain Wilson's funeral going, I've never met a better man than that. God, yes. (laughs) I mean, they know he double crossed them. They talk about it in the lab, but Statham never has a moment where he's just, you know. Also, I love it because what you're saying about like, I thought uh, Rain Wilson's comeuppance was great. And I I was like, oh, in a lot of these movies we watch Gorley, the person who's like the real jerk doesn't get the full comeuppance that some other character does, or or d- 
doesn't get as bad of a death as some other character. Or kind of, no death at all, like or, the mayor and Jaws, and yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Or the uh, the the fake therapist from Friday Thirteenth Seven. Uh, yeah, that, that doctor doesn't get his comeuppance at all. It's like so tiny. Oh, that's right. Yeah, but um, the um, with so I did think, oh, he got it really good. He 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 got it that bad that jerk, but. If no character is around to see it, is it like a tree falling in the woods? Does yeah. it really matter? I know. I agree. It would matter a lot if Jason Statham got to see him get hit, get Rain Wilson get his. He'd Dwight be get devastated because it was he was his favorite human on earth. Thumbs up everywhere yeah, for this every guy. Every time. Uh, <laughs> He's talking to the little girl. You think your granddad was something special? Let me tell you about <laughs> whatever this guy's name is. Uh, and then. Um, kid says my mom likes you too puts her eyebrows up and down uh, that kid's gonna be a deadly flirt when she gets older <laughs> so the now as deadly as Rain Wilson's death here which we were just talking about so what it was just so if people didn't watch the movie he goes to blow up the Meg finds out he accidentally blew up a whale right then he goes down there to check on it he doesn't know that it's a whale yet. No, no he doesn't. You're right. They just go down and he says, get me a tooth from the shark for me. And get one for yourself. Yeah, get one for yourself too. Um, and then he finds out that it's a whale and the Meg is coming at them. And what I loved is like, he's trying to like get, oh no, they take off on the boat and he gets thrown out. Yes. So that's funny. Left behind like open water. Yeah. He falls over. He's like, guys, come on. (laughs) And then he has to pull himself out of the water by like putting his hands into like gross whale carcass. Yeah. And then you think he survives because he thinks it just went for the whale. But then the Meg comes back for more. Yeah. And then he gets it. And And then leaves his hand behind. Yes. Yeah. Right, right. Which I thought, all in all, pretty grisly for PG-13. Oh, so this was PG-13. I was wondering, because I, I was like, it felt like uh, global rated R, meaning you could have some <laughs> violence, but every everything had to be simplified. And so PG-13 makes more sense. No, but yeah. it did seem kind of like a benign R rating. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. <laughs> um, there was some stuff in there that I saw that I was like, oh, it's a little extreme. Yeah, but they're also. I brought my fourteen-year-old to this. He's gonna have nightmares. <laughs> I was also disappointed, like with the beach scene, that there wasn't more. I mean, the whole thing—if you're gonna have a ton of people in water and the biggest shark ever—you want to see an overhead bird's-eye view shot of him just scooping people. I up. don't know why they didn't do I that. Know. They had one where it shows him going underneath it. I'm like, you came so close. Just have it be the thing we want to see of like the overhead shot of the lawnmower. Yes, mowing that's the exa- lawn that's and clipping exactly the grass, and just like you he get goes to see through it. a field of people, and <laughs> when the Meg passes through, there's an empty stripe of water yes. with people on either side. Why yeah. didn't they do? Uh, maybe yeah. raining. Like maybe it's a, that's a little too grisly. I guess, but boy, yeah, because I totally wanted that, and I did, as much as I loved that sequence of the like uh, packed beach getting attacked, uh, and the the wedding boat getting attacked, all that yeah. stuff was so fun. I couldn't help but think when I'm watching all this, I'm like, there's no main character here. No. There's no I'm not watching anybody in peril that I like Just care the about. Just the dog, the yeah. goddamn dog. Pippin. 
<laughs> Pippin survives. Yeah, sure does. And you knew that was coming. This movie wouldn't have been a hit if Pippin, at the, the last shot of the movie, just Pippin's carcass floating on the water. <laughs> He didn't even get eaten by a shark. He just like drowned. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, the oh, I also love, there was a shot when, um, this is totally CGI, but like when the Meg shows up at the beach on the ocean floor, you see all this junk that people have dropped on the floor. Oh, the, I didn't notice that. Yeah, I, thought, I was like, oh, that's like, a nice Like what kind touch. of junk? Uh, like, um, uh, candy wrapper like oh food and oh, okay. stuff yeah interesting um and then i thought that they uh, they pull a trick where they they play a sound for the meg to get the meg to turn yeah. around and uh i thought it was the um uh friday 13th part 2 jason your mother is talking to you yeah. trick yeah which yeah. I always love when you can yeah. trick the monster, the dummy, yeah, into thinking that you're one of them. <laughs> what Tommy does it in part four too. That's right. Yes. And speaking of sound, there is. They did discuss they wanted a roar from the shark, but they know that sharks can't roar, so they justified it by saying that this shark is so powerful and almost like a turbine engine. The water goes in its mouth and out its gills that you would hear a kind of, <laughs> and so, so they there is a. I don't know if you noticed it, but I did notice a bit of a shark roar at one point. That's funny because there was a point where he opened his mouth and I didn't hear a roar. And I'm like, I guess they know enough not to do roars. But... Uh, nope. Uh, so I think, is this the mission prep time? Cause... Yeah, I don't have anything to say about that. Just that it's kind of like, I wasn't into this perfunctory. mission prep. It's really saying something if I'm not into mission prep. Yeah, because yep. it's perfunctory. It's coming off the heels of something kind of dumb. And then like I just... I don't, none of these characters I care to see mission prep, the anime girl or, you know, yeah. like, yeah, I just. No. And also it's just like a, a, a um, uh, these movies that just take on so many characters. So you have all these like subplots to yeah. like finish off by the end of the movie. It's exhausting. But if you're going to put that many underdeveloped characters in at least kill them off one by one because when you're left one at the end you're not going thank god my favorite character right. survived you're right i was just you're like that was a random i just as soon would have seen that doctor not sacrifice himself and survive as any of the yes. others well it reminded i uh before i watched deep blue sea i watched a movie called uh blood red sky oh wow um and it was 10 minutes too long. It was like two hours and 10 minutes and it was a cool idea, but I was just like, man, I wish, um, I know exploitation movies are always kind of about like, we're trying to be like Hollywood, but like, and I know Hollywood movies think they now have to be two and a half hours long. So is that what these junk trash movies now think too? They Probably. need to, add, oh God. Probably everything wants to be Avengers. It's now. like, I wish I could scream to them. It's like, it's the efficiency. That's like what you have on your side is like the efficiency yes. of like, if you just made it about Jason Statham, this movie would yeah. be, it'd be like, it'd, uh, be, amazing. it'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It would be so streamlined. Um, now he says at the end, I want to make that shark bleed. You have a good accent. You have a good state though. I want to make that shark bleed. What? That was great. Now, what was the obsession? He comes talking about how he's like, I'm going to make it evolutionary. I'm going to make him bleed. Sharks aren't the only ones that get revenge. 
I want revenge. I'm taking back revenge for humans. <laughs> His vengeance is taking back revenge from <laughs> sharks. You've been getting revenge long enough, you fucking wanker. And then in the move, that's just like a total... This is a line that's said at the end of an action movie that means nothing, but like seems so cool. It's not about the people you lose. It's about the people you save. Yeah. What? It's not about the people you lose ever? It it's sure. only about the very short list of people you <laughs> save? What if also you didn't save anyone and you just lost them? Is it still not about the people you lost? Sorry. Now it's not about anything. <laughs> I saved one man, <laughs> lost 343 men, <laughs> and no one cares about him. Their wives and children, they've got no beef with me because I saved Harry. That's like how, like, yeah, I remember like when um, uh, a motivational speaker or something would come to your school and it's like, now look, I might not reach all of you, but if I just reached one of you, yeah. that's, that made it uh, the, the reason for me being here. I, I remember thinking like, well... I bet everybody else wishes their job had that fucking leniency. <laughs> Is that my computer making that? It's been making oh. weird fan noises. Sometimes it hisses at me. Fan noises like, yeah, woo, we love you. <laughs> Madison Square Gardens. <laughs> Shut down, computer. Oh my gosh, it sounded, I thought it was, um outside no but it, i guess because it's kind of bouncing the sound bounces off the it's a new computer too and it started just making oh. little fan hissing noises when it's not even hot i guess i gotta take it in bummer yeah my um my laptop's been running slow really yeah yeah but um, i i now with any document i write or something i email it to myself because oh, yeah. oh, i can't trust this i know you can't trust computers or sharks yeah, no. Uh, if the Terminator or the Meg taught us anything, don't trust computers or sharks. <laughs> um, yeah, that's. Um, I mean, I, I the rest is he rides the bag and he sticks a spike in its eye. Did you notice when the sharks kill the Meg at the end? One of them's a hammerhead. <gasps> we got our hammerhead. Yeah, I yeah. didn't notice that. I mean, that's nice. Little, too little, too late, and far between. But I'll take it. <laughs> we'll take it. Yeah. For now. Yeah. Yet, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I liked when, yeah, when that moment happened. I like in a movie when the big baddie goes down, and then all the little baddies are like, "Thanks, good guy. Yeah, we'll take it from here." It's kind of very ripped from Jurassic Park, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, the very end, in it. Statham says he needs a vacation and he wants to go on a vacation with the mom and the daughter. Yeah. yeah. Um, when I did think that, when he said that, I was like, I didn't think, I bet their vacation will be nice. Yeah, I think so. I think so. It'll be on land. Better than with Lori. I mean, yeah. if you'd gotten back together with Lori. Although she seemed great. She seemed pretty <laughs> she like, cool. What was their problem? There was, they didn't argue. There was no yeah. hostility. They were respectful to each other. Um, Seems they kind of like uh, uh, buried a hatchet a bit with this bag thing. Had some chemistry, which had, is more than I can say yes, that the other couple. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Um, and then a cheekiness that I did not expect from this movie. I, I loved it. 
I the, truly did. The Finn it, title? It actually made me put a quick blanket of that movie's better than I thought. Oh, Just hey. a tiny bit. All right. Yeah. So instead of the end on in script writing, it like cursively spells out Finn or Finn. Yeah. And that to me was just like, why wouldn't you on this movie? You know. Well, I was sort of like, I was like, is this, I guess this has to be the first silly shark, like Sharknado never did Finn. Wow. I know. Okay. I know. <laughs> But yeah, I, could, I assume they must have because somebody would have tapped them on the shoulder and been like the shark. Yeah, because yeah, there's never you couldn't have pulled that off with any. Imagine open water <laughs> <laughs> ends with Finn. <laughs> uh, you know, Jaws is such an extraordinary movie, and like that last twenty minutes just gets you so on board with everything. If they had ended with Finn, people would have gone butt at us. Yeah, that's they true. would have been like, "This that's, is totally correct. This we is love true. It. This is true." <laughs> That would have been amazing. Oh my God. Just that shot of the beach. I mean, I will say like uh, the, uh, I said, oh, what I missed in Jaws 2 and Jaws 3 and Jaws 4 was just like, Jaws does, the first Jaws does have a warmth and does have a levity and a wit. It really does. So why can't these shark movies have some ha-has every once in a while? Deep Blue Sea had some. Yeah. This movie had some. Yeah. But these shark movies... They're they're learning the wrong lessons from Jaws. Yeah, you're right. It's, it's the humanity and humor because if they yeah. do have humor, it's kind of eh, like eh, like wack, how crazy wacky. is this idea, huh? Like yeah. that just happened, kind of. Yeah, yeah, like humor. Friday night date night movie humor as opposed right. to just character comedy or yeah. humor. Yeah. Oh what? Oh what? Just give us a one <laughs> guy. What do you think is your best kill for this? Oh, uh, Rain Wilson's. Yeah, I think me too. Let me think. It ain't that dumb sacrifice or the other dumb sacrifice. <laughs> Who else even died? The guy in the hamster wheel on the beach. Oh, yeah. And then the wall died. Uh, the wall did die. <laughs> I think I'm going to go Rain Wilson too. Rain Wilson part two. <laughs> A John Turtletaub film. <laughs> Yeah, you know, me and Rain, we just hit it off on the set of the bag, and I said, we got to make a Rain Wilson part two movie. Did you know that character had a brother? <laughs> All right, let's recap. We should have done this at the beginning again. I'm sorry. Oh, no, it's okay. This time we did it differently. Jaws, we each gave 13s. Jaws 2, I gave it a 9.5. You gave it a 9. Jaws 3D. Oh, I lost my page. Thank you for keeping these, by the way. Yeah, I did a 4.5, and so did you. So that's our lowest rated, I think, so far. Uh, Jaws the Revenge, I gave a seven. You gave a six. Deep Blue Sea, I gave a nine. You gave a 10. Open Water, I gave a seven. You gave a 7.5. So the big question is, Jaws 3D, you gave a, a, we both gave 4.5s. Will this beat Jaws 3D? I wish I would have given Jaws 3D a little higher. Me too. Because I want to somehow put this below Jaws 3D, but I don't want to give this movie less than a 4.5. In the exact same boat. This is our podcast. And as a certified podcast consultant, I think we, if we want, we can go back and bump Jaws 3 up to like a 5.5. Or what do you suggest? Uh, Yeah. Um, And then let this take the 4.5 spot. Yes. That's a great idea. And we'll both give it. We're doing this in tandem so that it's ratified and that there's, you know, it's like the nuclear I'll football. initial that. 
and uh, yep. date it. I will date this. What's today? Eight nineteen. Yeah. <laughs> Thursday the nineteenth. You know what happened six days ago, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> so Jaws 3D officially now is a 5.5 from both of us and the Meg gets a 4.5 from both of us unless you want to give it something different. Um, no. I'm not trying to force that. No, no, no. Okay. I'm glad we did that revisement though. Yeah, that was important. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that means that I'm particularly looking forward to next week's movie. Yeah. Because it's a 70s movie, I think, or early 80s. Think, yeah. And I adore, adore, adore Richard Harris. Oh, my gosh. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. And that's sort of prime Harris, huh? I I, I, I don't mean Harris prime. I don't mean first Harris. I just mean, or yeah. what, what, what do you consider peak Harris? Well, it's hard to say because he's had such a long career. You know, I mean, he Unforgiven. was- Unforgiven. Yeah. Unforgiven. Late- stage Harris, yeah. but like all the way back to Camelot and, mm-hmm. um, and you know, like even later films like Unforgiven Patriot games and then Harry Potter. Yeah. So he, he's great in, um, seven degree or six degrees of Kevin Bacon too. Cause he spans the eras mm-hmm. of filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's such a good guest on Letterman. His stories were incredible. Oh yeah. yeah. I yeah. love him. Yeah. Um, well, that'd be great. I wonder, I don't even know if I had to guess who, what kind of character he is. I'm going to guess more of a Quint. I don't know either. I just know the basic concept of the movie, but we're going to find out together next week. And is it two words or ka? It's like, yeah. should we go to New York or California? <laughs> <laughs> this is a sequel. The first movie is called New York, and then the second one's called or ka. <laughs> and then after that, oh boy, we got a couple more. Piranha. And then mm-hmm. Cruel Jaws. Cruella de Jaws. Cruella de Jaza. <laughs> now, I don't know where that's streaming. I bet you it's on YouTube. I know that I have a copy on Plex that listener of this show, Stephen Glannard, wonderful man, nice. has set me up with and has offered to set you up with it oh, too if you need a copy. Okay. So. I, I mean, I think I heard maybe it is on YouTube. So yeah. maybe we'll just go. Um, I'll check out the resolution we'll... difference. And if this one's got a better res, I'll send it your way. You know, I'm, speaking of YouTube, I was listening um, to an interview with Matthew Weiner, the creator of Batman. Yeah. And he, this was from 2015, maybe. And they were just asking him, you know, they're like, oh, Mad Men was kind of on the front of this prestige TV thing that we just all like mm-hmm. went through or, or it kicked off. Um, uh, where do you think TV's going now? And he was like, I don't know. Uh, you know, it could end up being something on YouTube. And when I heard it, I was kind of like, eh, whatever. No, <laughs> but then like on the drive over here, I did kind of think like, could the next like easy writer or pulp fiction be something that because it was put on YouTube and it never even touched a, a studio, it didn't even touch a distribution channel. It was just like, Oh yeah. So pure somebody's vision that you, that would be the thing that people go, Oh, oh, oh movies are awesome. I think absolutely. I know, yeah. you know, like, People have been trying that for so long with Star Wars fan films now, and they right. they have their ceiling, obviously, yeah. but they get huge looks. And they're I've never yeah. seen a good one. I never have. Even some that are slightly well made, they are just so outside the realm of understanding what storytelling and like mm. like 
acting and direction is they're so focused on the Star Wars details that they're missing yeah. the humanity completely. Yeah. <laughs> but the minute somebody does really put their own movie up, why why these days wouldn't you? Because you also can monetize it with advertising. I know. I, know. I guess or, just the publicity would be hard to get the word out. Yeah, but if it became such a word of mouth sensation, then you kind of create your own thing. Because I was thinking like if it was even like it was on YouTube and then YouTube took it down a day later because uh, it, there was copyright infringement. It was like this person oh. didn't have any right to use – they shouldn't have a Chewbacca and um, Dracula <laughs> be hanging out. Like those people own those or oh. something. And then it gets taken down, but then it's like, oh, yeah, but if you go to this Vimeo thing, it was it, like, yeah, just if somebody did something radical yeah. on YouTube, so radical that somebody took it down and then it got popular. Yeah. I just want somebody to shake things up, Gorley. Me too. It needs it. The, the fact that we haven't even seen a goof on the Netflix logo yet. We see all these studio logos get goofs. Oh, yeah. But that, no. They've never. Oh, no that's even goofed on it. Every time our cat jumps down from the table or the counter while we're in another room, you hear her first her front legs hit, then the back legs hit, and it sounds just like the Netflix sound. <laughs> and every time she does it, we go, "Netflix is on." <laughs> I have a doorknob when I get out of my leave my basement, and I open the doorknob, it goes, and it sounds just like a a, a blaster. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So oh my like god. Oh, that's a great doorknob to have. Oh, I love it. When I open the doorknob, I'm like a little blaster here. Wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, it is with this podcast, we always like to end with sounds that sound like other things and <laughs> the pleasure we get from it. Uh, but yeah, what a fun episode. I yeah. mean, uh, the Meg, we we seem to be a little mixed on. Mixed on the Meg, but we made it through the Meg. Yes, we did. And yeah. now we're on to the Orca. Mixed on the Meg, but we made it through the Meg. Now we're on to the Orca. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, pleasure as always, Gorley. Same here. And uh, we will see you all back. Same bat channel. Same, <laughs> same bat time. Yeah. Bye-bye. <laughs> For more Gorley and Rust content, head over to patreon.com slash with Gorley and Rust to get episodes ad-free and a whole week early, plus monthly mailbag episodes and feature-length watch-along film commentaries of your favorite horror classics. That's patreon.com slash with Gorley and Rust. Email us at withgorleyandrust at gmail.com and your questions might be featured on a future mailbag episode. With Gorley and Rust theme song by me, Matt Gorley, and performed by Townland. You can find us on Instagram as Townland Band, as well as Paul's fantastic band at Don't Stop or We'll Die. And why not rate and review with Gorley and Rust on Apple Podcasts? It'll help us grow the show and keep us trucking through the Jasons and the Michaels, the Leatherfaces and the Chuckies, the Aliens and the Candymans. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.